welcome to Hooplecast. I am your host, Matt, and joining me are my co-hosts... Carol. Matt. Mel. And we're a bunch of bulimics. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> terrible. We aren't. That's awful. That is terrible. I take offense to that. I'm a steroid user. Thank you very much. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything else to uh, to say. We're a bunch of what? Uh, convicts? Crypt keepers? I'm I, do, I do feel that way sometimes. I'm a mummy. <laughs> I was trying to explain to my son what the Crypt Keeper looked like. You should and... just show him Tales from the Crypt Keeper. It's a kid's show. Well, I mean, he's 20. He's oh. he watching a grown-up show. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. No, that's okay. You know, he was still in high school when we started uh, McKinley Cast. Oh. Ha! <laughs> What's a McKinley okay. Cast? Um... <laughs> it's a long-running podcast. Well, we have no guests today, uh, but hey, guys, if you want a guest uh, on this podcast, go onto the Facebook group. Just go facebook.com, search for Hooplecast, join the group if you're not already a member. And when I announce the recording date, just sign up in the comments, say, I want to be a guest, and we'd love to have you. Can I sign up? You're already you're already here. Why would you sign up? You can sign your son up. I don't know. I, I imagine just, once you know. we'll get... I imagine once we'll get to the more popular shows, people will actually sign up. Yeah, I think so. I think people are waiting for the good ones. We got a little bit more to go. Ha. Yeah, just guesting is fun. So, but I guess I can't be a guest and on like, at the same time. Doesn't like Crypt Keeper though. Crypt Keeper's awesome. I, I'm I don't like horror, so right there we've got a problem. But... I didn't think this was very horrific, except it's... in terms of bad writing and uh, Exa- bad production values. Yes. Uh, I mean, and and the second one really got into, oh, we're going to be very gross and that'll be, you know, it's like uh, <laughs> bad writing and, you know, let's substitute grossness for. The worst part about Crypt Keeper is the puns, really. Yeah, I don't think I listened hard enough. There, there are <laughs> so many puns. Are there? Yes. I didn't notice. I don't think there were any in the first episode, were there? No, I don't think so, but... They just started doing that later. Yeah, if you watch some of the later episodes, it's just chock-a-block of puns. It's just... Oh, really? It's crazy. Uh, before we get the into... Whole episode or, the whole episode or just... No, no, no. It's mostly the so. Crypt Keeper at the start and at the end. It's just mm, a... Okay. It's like all puns. But before uh-huh. we get into Tales from the Crypt, I uh, got some HBO news, some network news. Uh, beep, 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 beep. Um, <laughs> I guess the biggest news from last week was that Westworld had its first season finale, and according to Deadline.com, it was the most watched first season of an HBO original series ever, averaging 12 million viewers across all its platforms. Wow. So, bona fide hit. Won't be back until 2018. Oh, really? Yeah. They say 2018 at the earliest. But HBO must be happy that they have another tentpole series that will yeah will help their network have you guys seen it nope no i don't have hbo so i haven't seen it i watched the entire thing and i was kind of lukewarm on it for most of it i liked it at the beginning and i liked the finale but there was a lot in the middle where i just couldn't follow the plots oh yeah i was confused like well you know what the show's about it's about robots in a western theme park and they're they're gaining sentience and autonomy and I could, they constantly have these flashes, like flashbacks, but I couldn't tell. Are they flashbacks? Are they memories? Are they programmed into them? Are they gaining awareness? How much are they remembering? Like, I couldn't quite figure it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will say that the finale was pretty good, answered some questions, 
um, solved, wrapped up some threads, solved some mysteries, was extremely violent, very high body count. <laughs> mm. But uh, overall, I'd say it's a pretty well-made series, looks great, sounds great, the soundtrack's fantastic, very well acted. Uh, I just hope that it is a little more focused. Uh, in future seasons. But anyway, it's a big hit for them, so good for them. Uh, also, it's the first that I can tell first science fiction series that the network has ever done. Really? Yeah. I'm hmm. looking through our spreadsheet of dramas that we're going to talk about, and the only thing that stands out as a science fiction series is a program called Perversions of Science, <laughs> which was an anthology series that was a spinoff of Tales from the Crypt. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about that later. But other than that, they haven't had a science fiction show. So this is the first one that they've ever done, and they've got two more in the pipeline. Also last week, news that J.J. Abrams will executive produce a new series called Glare about the colonization of space. And that's all I have about that one. Uh, of course, he's the executive producer because he has to be the executive producer on every television series. <laughs> That's He's overdoing it. That sounds like a possible bona fide uh, space opera. Mm. Where, mm, you know, yeah. like yeah. Westworld was science fiction, but it wasn't in space. This sounds like it's in space. Well, it's the colonization of space, so yeah, it's in space. And then Jonathan Nolan, who's the executive producer and showrunner of Westworld, is also supposed to adapt Isaac Asimov's Foundation series for HBO. Oh, is that who's doing that? Yeah. That was announced last year. Yeah. So I don't know where he is on that. I mean, he's already producing this show, writing the scripts for this one. I don't when know how he has time to do that. By one. this one, you mean Westworld? Yeah. Yeah. When is somebody going to do a TV show based on the Blade Runner universe? Well, Westworld is very similar. Is it? Well, that's about AI about the, and who's an AI yeah. and who's not. The about the Foundation series is that no one has really tried to do it, and it is it is a big sprawling universe the question is will they do it at all well because so far i haven't seen anything of asimov's that anybody has actually just stuck to the the book the books i'll read a description of the foundation series the premise of the series is that the mathematician harry selden spent his life developing a branch of mathematics known as psychohistory Using the laws of mass action, it can predict the future, but only on a large scale. Selden foresees the imminent fall of the Galactic Empire, which encompasses the entire Milky Way and a dark age lasting 30,000 years before a second great empire arises. To ensure a more favorable outcome, Selden creates a foundation of talented artisans and engineers at the extreme end of the galaxy to preserve and expand on humanity's collective knowledge and thus become the foundation for a new Galactic Empire. Yeah. Yeah. So you had Foundation, Foundation and Empire, Second Foundation were the three <laughs> books. And then and then he tied them into then he created more um much later in life. But um yeah, for years the Foundation series always won uh top prize as being like the best um science fiction series in history type thing. Up until I think probably this the eighties or sometime in there. Just sounds like a big lift for a television series when the showrunner is already doing another another series. Is already doing Westworld. It's, I mean, it's huge. It goes, it travels to all different planets and through different times. You know, it's 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 a huge story. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if J.J. Yeah. Abrams executive producing the show Glare, if that's 
of like a replacement for foundation because they're both in space. They're both about colonies in space. I don't know if the network would want two shows like that. I mean, even if they're different in, in some ways. Well, I'm sure they're totally different in a lot of ways because one of them is talking about colonization of space and the other one starts from when space has been colonized for probably tens of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Still, it's unusual that the show that that the network is investing in all these science fiction properties when True. previously they, they haven't. And I'm glad that they are because there's a, a lack of that kind of material on TV. Yeah. Though I've heard that the expanse on sci-fi is pretty good. I personally I haven't. haven't I personally haven't watched a science fiction show like that since Battlestar Galactica ended. There really just hasn't been anything that I've wanted to watch. I've watched a bunch of them. None of them have really interested me all that much you know they haven't really grabbed me that much i could kind of take them or leave them well bring back farscape someone needs to bring back farscape i think it was of its time yeah but still (laughs) (laughs) uh then the other bit of news is that there's a miniseries starting in february called big little lies seven episode miniseries premiering february 19th based on leanne moriarty's best-selling book of the same name this subversive, darkly comedic drama tells the tale of three mothers of first graders whose seemingly perfect lives unravel to the point of murder. Starring Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Alexander Skarsgård, Laura Dern, Adam Scott, Zoe Kravitz, James Tupper, and Jeffrey Nordling. Directed by Jean-Marc Vallée of the Dallas Buyers Club with scripts by David E. Kelly. Hmm. It starts in February. and there I, I mentioned this as news because the trailer just dropped this past week. Oh, okay. All right, so that's it for your uh, news. I feel like Claire at the beginning of the Defenders podcast when she does her Marvel news. Great song. (laughs) She needs a song. Well, you should be, you're you're on both podcasts. You should be like the common denominator. You should do the uh, newscaster voice and the the effects. Give us your best (laughs) shot. That was terrible. Uh, All right, well, we'll move into our first program, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt debuted June 1989, lasted seven seasons and 93 episodes. Last episode was in July 1996. The seventh season was produced in England. Production moved there, and that's why they have a lot of English actors in the second se- seventh and final season. Yeah, that makes sense. The very final episode of the series is animated. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, pretty unusual. Uh, some yeah. Deadwood actors that appeared on the show, Brad Dourif, Titus Welliver, Jeffrey Jones, Marshall Bell, Aubrey Morris, Alan Graff. Some Twin Peaks actors appeared on the show, quite a number of them. Sherilyn Fenn, Miguel Ferrer, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Ferrer, yeah. Ferrer. Billy Zane, Kyle McLaughlin, Joan Chen, Kimmy Robertson, David Warner, Grace Zabriskie, Francis Bay, Clarence Williams III. It is Gail Ferrer. And uh, my close personal friend Lance Hendrickson appeared in two episodes. <laughs> the show was originally planned for only three seasons, but it proved so popular that it lasted seven. And then there was a spinoff called Perversions of Science, which only lasted ten episodes. 
It had a host like the Crypt Keeper, but it was a female robot called Chrome. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, I had never heard of it either until I started looking at trivia of this, and I was like, "Oh, there's another thing we have to cover." Into the spreadsheet <laughs> you go. <laughs> and apparently, it's like not even as good as this one, which is why it was canceled. But I will say that the first episode uh, stars Keith Carradine, so that'll be fun. The Crypt Keeper hosted a Christmas album called Have Yourself a Scary Little Christmas, which, uh, yeah. Will I be playing music from that as our end song? Yeah, I will. I will be doing that because <laughs> it's amazing. I did listen to the uh, to what you, you hooked up. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, it was definitely well worth putting on the podcast. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. TNT will be resurrecting the series in 2017, and M. Night Shyamalan is involved in some capacity. Part of their new horror block. So, yeah, it's coming back, but we won't be covering it. Good. So the first episode we will be talking about is The Man Who Was Death. It's the the pilot. Originally aired June 10th, 1989, starring Bill Sadler, directed by Walter Hill, who directed the pilot of Deadwood. Uh, I'm getting out the old... uh, the old spinner here, because it's time for the 60-second plot summary. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> Why don't we combine this one with the next one as well? Creep Course. Creep Course aired in this fifth season, November 10th, 1993, and stars Jeffrey Jones, Anthony Michael Hall, and it was directed by Jeffrey Bohm, who's the co-creator of a little show called The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Oh, yeah. I was like, where have I heard that name? <laughs> All right, so here's here we go. I'm spinning it. Ah, it's Mel. Mel. She doesn't look happy. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it, Mel. Mel, I need you to summarize the plots of The Man Who Was Death and Crypt Course in a minute. I have full full confidence in you. Just (laughs) Just no. No? What? What? Are you there, Mel? (laughs) Yeah? Are you ready? (laughs) What? Am I supposed to be talking now? She's waiting for the go. I'm just, I wanted to know that you were ready to go before I hit the uh, start on the old stopwatch. <laughs> I was like, I was just waiting for you to say go. I was oh, like, I'm sorry. Three, two, one, go. All right. We get this dude that he's an electrician, but he also likes to kill people. And, uh, and then he gets fired from his death penalty job because they don't do the death penalty anymore for some random reason. And then, he decides, oh, I'm going to be Dexter now. So he goes and he kills a bunch of people and then he gets caught and then they <laughs> execute him. Predictable. <laughs> um, that was the second one. That was the second one. Um, the, there's a teacher and he tells the story of a pharaoh and uh, the love that never uh, he never got to consummate with. And, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, he comes out every year and seeks revenge. Because he never got to fuck this woman. And and then this student sucks. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, hey, nerdy girl in my class. I'm, I'm going, uh, can you, like, help me cheat? So she tries. And then, like, they do it some weird convoluted way by breaking into the teacher. No, not breaking in. They, they trick her into getting invited to the teacher's house to see his artifacts. And then 
I'm fucking this up so bad. And then, <laughs> and then he, and then she ends up falling in love with a dead mummy. <laughs> I don't think she falls in love. I think they just... She totally fucked a dead mummy (laughs) to save herself. Mm -hmm. And then she ends up, like, with the mummy. Like, they conspire to, like, kill the two other guys. And then she uses them as as her uh, history project. The end. And then she's surprised when she's arrested. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One minute, 53 seconds. It was a valiant effort. Yeah. Well, you figure a minute for each one. Because... But, yeah. they're, but they're only 30 minutes. I really, really hate the 60 seconds. <laughs> it was a great effort. I mean, uh, the intent is just to basically give the plot uh, quickly to the people who haven't seen the show. I know. Without us going in depth. So. Ugh. All right. What's your first note for The Man Who Was Death? Mine is, is this Calliope music? Question <laughs> mark. The music. <laughs> Very odd. I have opening is total turnoff for someone who does not like horror. <laughs> I, I had the preconceived notion that this was a kids show, <laughs> and then when they started showing like the uh, death penalty, like the electric chair, I was like, "This isn't a kids show." No, <laughs> good grief, no. Mm. I one of the first things I noticed was uh, Zemeckis's name, and um, I put down Weber. I couldn't re- remember once the show started. I couldn't remember who the who his first name was, but um, both those. Names Weber, uh, the director, his director, and Walter Hill. No, no, oh. somebody Weber. But I recognize their names as as people who did a lot of work, though I didn't have a chance to look them up. Yeah, I was surprised by how many big names were on this first episode. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and then my next note is pretty grim. Ugh, that's when they're dragging the guy to the electric chair. Yeah, yeah. Not that fun. was a... wondering wondering whether it was a whole anti capital punishment. You know. There's some great acting from that guy. I felt his his uh, terror. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate when they depict the electric chair. It's so disgusting. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just looking at the credits. Uh, there's a there's a guy in this apparently called Johnny Johnson the Third, and he played John. <laughs> 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 wow, his life Johnny must be so confusing. <laughs> Johnny Johnson the Third. I only I only play characters named John. <laughs> <laughs> That's like in his written in his contracts. <laughs> the last time a state used electrocution for the death penalty was Virginia in January 2013. What? And are they yeah. done with it now? Holy it's shit! It's not the preferred method of any state's uh, death penalty. Every state wants to use a lethal injection but there are some states that allow the the convicts to choose the method of execution and the states in which you can request the electric chair are alabama arkansas florida kentucky south carolina tennessee and virginia i guess maybe some people want to go out with a bang yeah or a yeah, yeah there's a there's a lot of controversy about the uh lethal injection in some places too as to whether um, it's just paralyzing people be- and they're feeling all the pain and everything of being poisoned, basically. Doesn't it just stop your heart, though? There's there's some controversy about it. There's like three drugs that are pumped into them and mm. whether they're actually... I mean, it's supposed to... You know, the first one is supposed to make it so you don't really feel the rest, but... Yeah, uh, but th- th- that could be like... 
kind of like um, when they put you under, that doesn't always work either. Yeah, well, they've said there's a lot of people who said that, no, that's not what the drug is doing. It's just paralyzing you and you're feeling all the stuff, but you can't like scream or anything. So, yeah, so there's controversy as to what is actually happening and, you know. But it's, it is, it is still, well, lethal I guess, like, yeah, it's, I was going to say it's relatively quick anyways, but I guess so was electrocution. Yeah, as long as it was done right. It was actually in the news today that a prisoner was sentenced to death and he was given a lethal injection. He heaved and coughed for about 13 minutes. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some horror stories going, you know. And here's a fun that. fact. You can request death by hanging in Washington and death by firing squad in Utah. Interesting. I, I knew that there were some places where that was still around, but I didn't know where. I'd heard that before. There's a plot on the show Oz where a prisoner is on death row and requests hanging and does it so that there would be an outcry against it. Like... Mm-hmm. Against the death penalty in general? In, in, against the, the method of execution, therefore it stays his or her execution. I don't remember if it was a man or a woman on death row, but they're like, mm. well, now we can't do it because we don't want to do that, but you asked for it. Like, oh, you really put us in a bind. Uh-huh. Oh, there are a lot of states here in the States where that wouldn't be a problem, I'm sure. I wonder if you could request gu- guillotine or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so because I don't think that's ever been a um, unless unless Louisiana. I don't think guillotine. <laughs> Louisiana. So someone someone would have to like build a fresh one. <laughs> I, I request burning at the stake. <laughs> I I think it's one of those deals. Uh, this is just theory on my part. I don't know for sure, but that it's kind of a cumulative thing. Like at once upon a time, the main way of executing someone was hanging. Or was shoot, firing squad, then it was hanging, then it was, you know, electrocution, then it was lethal injection. So some states, you still got all four of those choices. Some states, you only <laughs> have three of those choices. Some states, you know what I mean? Kind of one of those deals. If mm. it hasn't been the main way of doing it, then it's probably not on the list. Arizona and California would allow you to choose a gas inhalation. Oh, right. I forgot the gas chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that might be a good way. Yeah, to go. I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't know. What's the best way to go? What's the best way to go in in your opinion? Um, I, I guess it'd be oh, yeah, sleep or someone just takes you out back and puts you on the makes you kneel and they shoot you in the back of the head. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they so, and they do it fast. So if you were like, uh, if you were a prisoner, you'd choose firing squad. <laughs> well, firing squad's different. I mean, they're. My, at least my mental image is that they tie you like you're on a post or something and there's like a line of people. You're blindfolded. And what? Do they give some of them blanks so like the people yeah. are firing the guns don't know like who actually did it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like if you're part of it, you have to assume that after so many that you're probably the one who did it. Yeah. Hmm. You're an accomplice whether or not you actually are the one who pulls the trigger. I, also, I would say... Also, as you say, I mean, a firing squad, they're basically... I would assume aiming for your body, so you could be, you know, just causing causing pain, but not necessarily death. Yeah, you could be yeah. riddled with bullets. For... It's like getting getting killed by like a thousand bee stings. That's how <laughs> yeah. what I imagine it to be like. <laughs> so William Sadler's character loves executing people. He gets a real he thrill out of it. He loves yes. electricity. 
He's like a supervillain. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely psychotic. He also yeah. loves talking to the camera like Frank Underwood. <laughs> yeah. Yes, lots. I'm a country boy, but I like the city. You know? Big, dirty, lets you know what it really is. But at night, there's all those lights. It's real pretty, isn't it? My name's now Talbot. I've been the executioner in this state for the last 12 years. When I got here from Oklahoma, I caught on as an electrician, and after a while, I got a job out to the prison, taking care of the generators. I like electricity. It's dependable. You can trust it. Let's say do it with gas or with some lethal injection. I don't take that. That's how you kill a dog or a cat or something, not a man. It's got to be the old electric chat for me. I like when characters do that. <laughs> I like it in some cases, and I'm not crazy about it in other cases. It was okay in this case. He really reminded me of Big Ed from Twin Peaks. I'm like, this is Big Ed's evil twin brother. Well, not twin, but <laughs> evil brother. <laughs> so, so he had a drawl. He had the same accent and kind of a similar voice. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded like he ought to have been from, like, Louisiana, especially with all that music. Yeah, where did this take place? Did they ever say? I don't think, I don't they, think they said, did. but the narrator said he was from Oklahoma. No, yeah, he said he moved from Oklahoma. But the he music was in a city. So maybe he did uh, move to Louisiana. It, 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 The music felt very, like, Orlean, like New Orleans to me. No, yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. I actually, when he said that he was from Oklahoma, I was just like, of course he's from Oklahoma. Oh, my. Nothing against people from Oklahoma. My family's from Oklahoma. Yeah, well, half, why, half it's of the my place family. to be. Why could you tell, like, what, what gave it away? Oklahoma has been doing some really ridiculous stuff lately. Back, backwards things? Yeah. Yeah. It has been a hotbed of backwards things lately. It's just, you know... Just kind of one of those things where it makes you shake your head a lot. Yeah. Um, we never got to know the guy's name. The guy that got killed the first time? The first guy? No, uh, Frank Main Underwood. Oh. Uh, yeah, they call him... Uh, Do they? Yeah. Yeah, they call him by his name a number of times, actually. Oh, okay, I missed it. Miles or something or not? I don't remember now. I'm not good with names. Um, I actually did look Niles. At- Niles Talbot. Niles, Niles okay. He doesn't look like a Niles. Yeah. I assume everyone named Niles looks like David Hyde Pierce from Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else notice that the way when they when he gave the the first guy another shot of electricity mm. and his body started dancing around, they started the music underneath it mm. to make it really macabre. <laughs> it was disturbing. Extremely. Extremely. But I think it was disturbing because capital punishment's disturbing. I mean, yeah. whether or not you're an advocate for it, you can't find jo- joy in it. Except this guy finds joy in it. So I guess if you want to be a serial killer and you want to just do it like legit, become the state executioner. Yeah. Yeah. I that was my next question when they fired him. It's like okay, there was yeah, I mean, maybe they could it, see they could see that he was getting joy out of it, and they were like, no. <laughs> Well, I know that they had like the legislation changed, but right, and that's what that was happening around the country at that point. But did and, ever did huh? any places ever get rid of it and then bring it back? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. It was going back and forth in a couple states, as I recall. Um, yeah, 
there was, uh, you know, legislators would get, like, would bring it in and then vote it in or out, whatever. And, um, and then there would be a new, another election and, uh, the new, if there was a new group in town, they could, you know, vote it back in. And there was a lot of that kind of thing going on. So in different states. So my thought was, my next note was, how much competition is there for executioners? I mean, his state got rid of it. He's out of a job. So can he just go to other states and apply? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many people actually want to execute people. Well, as we said, he's like a super villain. He's a psychopath. Right. But but he was fine going back to his old electrical job, too, except they didn't want him back. Mm-hmm. Understandably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, because they could he'd be like, yeah, the joy that he was getting out of killing these people. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know if we want you to be working here because, you know, you know, you're a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, they could have given him cute. a job as just like chief of security or some kind of guard position or on the electrical staff. But, but they must have realized think- that he was a sadist and they're like, you can't be here. Though they didn't but really articulate it that way. I don't think that that was even the reason because at, at the end, everybody else seemed to be the sadists, you know. Mm. Like even the guy that took his job, he was like, he was worse. He looked worse. (laughs) Yeah, he looked like he was enjoying it even more. He was like, "Ooh, I love this." (laughs) Um, what they said was something like, "Well, if you were, we think it would cause disruption in in the prison if you were wandering around, if you know, and all that." Yeah, but nobody knew that. Nobody knew that he was had been the executioner. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know why they would. Well, that's Why what he was they? saying. Because yeah. he's only working on death row. He probably okay. wouldn't have much interaction with the rest of the prison population, think. I would think news like that would go around, hmm. you know. They might not know he's a sadist, but... I feel know. like they would keep that job position kind of on the down low, because how many people would want their family or anybody else to know that, you know, hey, that's what I do, yeah. kill people I, for living. Apparently, the guy at the bar knew what he did, and yeah. he was really like, oh, man, that sucks, that guy with the death penalty. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, I get the feeling that this guy was not shy about telling people what he did. No. Right. You know what I found odd is uh, when they were waiting for that phone call from the governor. It's like, it's just, I, I guess, just the fact that you, if you don't have friends in high places, you're pretty much dead. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I was never sure if the phone call from the governor is like a real thing or if it's just for TV. <laughs> no, it's a real thing, but it doesn't happen very often. Mm. Well, no, because how many prisoners are friends with? Well, it's not a matter of being friends. It's not a matter of being friends. Uh, I feel like it would be. I mean, a lot of it would be having you know somebody have pull and everything. Yeah. But almost every time that there's a death penalty case in the last. I don't know, 40 years, there's usually been demonstrations and stuff outside the prison when it's time to, to when it gets to be time to execute somebody. Mm-hmm. And there's you, there are advocacy groups that try and get um, proof and in, information and all of that to try and uh, give reasons why the governor should stay the execution. Mm-hmm. The phone call from the governor just has to do with the fact that the governor is the one who can can decide but that's that's just it it's like it's just this one powerful person if right you can't, if you can't convince them right you know if you can't ingratiate yourself 
to them or whatever, or if your friends can't do it for you. Right. Or have friends. You or know. if advocacy groups or somebody else can't make it politically uh, a good idea for him yeah. to pardon you rather yeah. than politically a good idea for him not to pardon you. Yeah. I mean, politically, it's always easier for the governor to just let it happen. Yeah. So yeah, it's an uphill battle. So what did you think of the death scenes when he went on his killing spree? There was the biker who grabbed the fence, and then there, <laughs> were, there was the couple in the hot tub. The biker who grabbed the fence also played the biker in Terminator 2. He was the one who uh, put the cigar out on Arnie's chest. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, he looked almost identical. I got nothing special against bikers. Hell, I used to own a hog myself once upon a time. Bikers believe in freedom. They don't want nobody to lean on them, and they don't give a good goddamn what polite society thinks of. See, they figure they're throwbacks to real Americans. You know, what the country was all about before it all went to hell. With big city lawyers and computers, corporations, time clocks and what all. There's a lot to be said for that. Those ain't bad ideas. But this biker, Jimmy Flood, now he went way out of line. And he ought to pay. I only recognize him really because of the, he's got these like pockmarked cheeks. The actor does, but there are uh, certain actors that they have a look that is very, very specific, and you know they'll play that one character in little tiny roles all over the place. Yeah, there was uh, a guy I, in New York City who had uh, a really long years ago when I was performing. He had a really, really long beard, and you'd always see him sitting in the equity lounge mm-hmm. and. Then one day, and he had a very, very specific character look. And then one day when I was watching, um, oh, that movie of Harrison Ford with the Amish. Witness? Um, Witness. The little kid is sees a guy in the train station and goes up to him because he looks Amish. And then the guy turns around and he has seen him. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. That's funny. <laughs> and he always looked like that. That was his shtick. Hmm. I'd recognize the guy in the hot tub from stuff, but when I looked up who he was, uh, nothing really stood out. I hate when that happens. But You're but like, I, I know the guy's face. It's just like, I don't know fully yeah. from what. It happens. Just, he's been too. in stuff, but nothing major. Did you guys notice all the Budweiser signage in the bar? Mm-hmm. No. There was like five or six Budweiser signs, and I was like, I know who is sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, Budweiser, Bud, 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 Bud Light! It was pretty crazy. It was like a single shot, and there was like five Budweiser Budweiser signs. Neon Budweiser signs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whenever whenever we're in a bar of any kind, I'm looking for signs of like what's on tap, and are these real breweries and not, and the only ones I could make out were the Budweiser ones. I couldn't tell if the others were legitimate breweries or just props. That's all they serve there is Budweiser. The most it, disappointing bar. <laughs> it looks like a dive bar. <laughs> It'd be funny if Budweiser had nothing to do with sponsoring it. It's just that that's the only kind of signs the prop department was able to get on short notice or something. 
Yeah. Well, this is probably just the company that was sponsoring the episode or whatever. When I watched True Blood, I used to pay attention to what was on tap at Merlot's. And I, <laughs> I think one of the beers on tap was a Bita, which made, makes sense because that's a Louisiana-based beer. Hmm. So it's like, that's good job, prop department <laughs> or yeah, scent yeah. decorator. They did their yeah. location research. Anyone recognize the newscaster when he looks at the television and they talk about the death penalty case? I don't think so. Not offhand. Patty Yasutake. Or, okay. Her name is familiar, but I, I don't Yasutake. know. Yasutake. Yeah, she played Nurse Ogawa on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh. I, Nurse Ogawa. She's always with Beverly Crusher. Oh, yeah. The, her assistant okay. or whatever once in a yeah. while. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Here's a bit of trivia. The casting director originally sought Christopher Walken or John Malkovich for the role, the lead role. Huh. <laughs> John Malkovich Niles. would have been serious. <laughs> yeah. Walter Hill agreed to give William Sadler the lead only if he vowed to perform it exactly as he had auditioned. Mm. Well, okay. I'm yeah, assuming he-, he was fine. Yeah, yeah, but he did a good job. Yeah. It was sufficiently creepy. I mean, the acting in it was good. I just, I don't know, I, yes, it had some, you know, it was making some political points and stuff, um, and it was gruesome for a reason, I guess. But I, don't know, I just didn't find. I mean, I pretty well knew what was going to happen, you know, pretty much right from the beginning, some degree. So it was kind of boring and grotesque at the same time. Not really <laughs> grotesque. I didn't I, think it was boring. I don't know if it was trying to make any political points. I I think it's just uh, they these kinds of shows love the ironic ending. Oh yeah, no, the ironic ending wasn't the. It was, you know, the. The death penalty thing, um, you know, one of the guys got off, his reason for murder is your brother was a fag. Um, no, what I mean is, I think what like when that. they were writing this episode, their thought was, hey, you know what would be ironic? If a guy who gets a thrill out of executing people ends up being executed. Yeah. And that was like where they got the idea, and that's all they, that's all the thought they put into it. Not for a minute did they oh, thought, boy. oh, we could really do something deep here about the death penalty. I don't think they did. No. Yeah, maybe not. Though it was a big issue at the time. But I have to, uh, yeah, I I was kind of bored. All right. Any so, th- extra thoughts about that one before we move on to Creep Course? Can't believe they made this into a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, and the, what? What's a cartoon? What's a cartoon? The series. Tales from the Crypt. Oh, I thought you meant like, the, the, I thought you meant the episode in no. particular. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> no, it's uh, kind of Scooby Dooish. <laughs> and uh, my other note was that the police in this universe universe are great. They caught a spree killer on his third kill, <laughs> on his yeah. attempt third kill. <laughs> I don't know how they found him, <laughs> unless we missed some kills in between. Yeah, I mean the whole thing was very accelerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I was kind of shocked at how fast he was killing people because, like, the biker guy. I was like. I was like, oh, okay, he's going to do some elaborate thing. Nope, the guy just grabbed the gate and died. I was like, wow. Like, just shocking how fast it was. Is that a pun? Yeah. What? Shocking. <laughs> you said no. it was shocking how fast it was. Oh. No. Oh. No. <laughs> well, the Crypt Keeper ends with a pun. He says, I'm sure he never knew what hit him. <laughs> Don't worry, though. I'm sure he never knew what hit him. (laughs) 
So remember, boys and girls, safety first! <laughs> Got me rolling in the aisles, Mr. Cryptkeeper, sir. The puppetry bothered me a little. His mouth didn't seem to move quite right. Oh, it takes six puppeteers to operate the Cryptkeeper. Insane. Four just for his facial expressions alone. Okay, that's probably why. Because it seemed like his face didn't quite know what it was doing. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) It's it's a pretty bad puppet. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. I think it's changed significantly in... uh... In the other episode, isn't it? Yeah, it looked a lot better in the episode after that, but this one was just awful looking. Mm. But I, I guess if it was the first episode, then, yeah, you know. It was. Yeah, then it, I, that's understandable. I think it's funny how at the beginning of every episode, he is in, he's like in a different costume. Yeah. Mm. So in Creep Course, he's dressed as like, I don't know, he's wearing like a Letterman's jacket or something. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of adorable. Also, uh, <laughs> the premiere didn't have a main title sequence, but we get a main title for Creep Course. It's like that mm. camera tracking shot through uh, the spooky mansion on a gusty night, and then it goes behind a bookshelf down a staircase deep into the crypt. Yeah. I, I was. I remember being scared, scared by that when I was a kid. The, the credits? Yeah. <laughs> when he pops out at the end, I was like, ah! Ah, uh, yeah. And then cackles. Mm-hmm. Here's some trivia about that. The introduction sequence that started every episode is actually the size of a miniature golf course green. Small snorkel cameras were used to film this portion. The descent hmm. into the crypt in the end of the intro is computer generated. Hmm. Interesting. It's really, really long. It it is very long. I when I was putting these episodes like in digital format, I was like, wow, the episode's twenty four minutes and two and a half minutes is the introduction is the HBO title card and then this intro before they actually get to the content. Makes the production cheaper for them. Sure. And we get a pun here where he says he's top of his class at Horrorverd. Hello, creeps. I'll be with you in a moment. I was just in the middle of cramming for my final exams. Bet you didn't know your pal the Crypt Keeper was still in school. As a matter of fact, I'm at the top of my class at <laughs> Which brings us to tonight's All Frighter. It concerns a couple of college kids who've got their own ideas about higher education. In a bit of hackademia I call Creep Course. Um, yeah. So, Anthony Michael Hall is on a football scholarship. What? He's supposed to play nerds. He he had transitioned, I think, by then. Had <laughs> transitioned? <laughs> transitioned from nerd to jock? Yeah, well, because in, um... Yeah. When was Edward Scissorhands? Do we know? Um, I can look it up. I can look it up, too. Oh, uh, 1990. Okay, so he hadn't done Edward Scissorhands. Oh, wait a minute. When was this episode? 92? Oh, okay. So, yeah, he... yeah. So he had played, because uh, he played a jock in um, Edward Scissorhands. I don't remember. <laughs> he just had to grow into his face a little more. Yeah, he he played the bad guy, the the bad boyfriend of, um, what's her name, that was the girl that Edward Scissorhands, like the 
the girl in the thing. Winona uh, Ryder? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, so that was a little triangle. Was Her boyfriend was uh, Anthony Michael Hall. And he played a played kind of like a Biff character. <laughs> so he'd already done that before this. The girl, Stella, is played by Nina Saimasko. I know her best as Ellie Bartlett from The West Wing. Oh, is that? I knew I knew her. I, I didn't have time to look her up. Oh, okay. She's very pretty, but in this they gave her, like, dork glasses. Right, because that always makes girls suddenly not pretty. Mm, boys don't make passes at girls who wear glasses. Yeah. Mm. After the game, there's going to be a party just for the team. Now I want you to come with me. I want you to be my date. No, you don't. You don't want to go with me. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Why would you want to take me? Why wouldn't I? Because you're still the bookworm? Still the wallflower? Huh? That's what they think, isn't it? But they're wrong. Aren't they? Just like they're wrong about me. No, not altogether. at the end she's all vavoom in her princess nephra outfit yeah <laughs> she still has that chubby like uh chipmunk face though <laughs> so she's got a round face yeah yeah so i don't know she still looks like a nerd to me <laughs> pie face goon is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah i don't know there was just <sighs> okay can we talk about how jeffrey jones has a tomb in his basement Can we talk about the logistics of that? I don't understand. Because how in the fuck would you get, would you like import all of this Egyptian artifact stuff? And it's a full on full tomb. Mm -hmm. It's a room. How do you do that? That must have been so expensive. Did he say his father or his grandfather? That should be in a museum. Grandfather, I think. Okay, Indiana Jones. (laughs) It was his grandfather who brought it in? Is that what Indiana well, Jones said? Well, he said he was in the third generation or something. So. Okay, so grandfather. So you figure that would have been probably the early 1900s at that point. You know, so you could do almost anything at that point. And if you had any kind of money, they were... Yeah, okay, put- so your your theory is that he built the tomb and then like the house on top of it. And then after yeah. that, other houses showed up in the neighborhood? Yeah. And no one knew he had an Egyptian tomb underneath his house. Well... Yeah, and the fact is that probably he could have, you know, in the early 1900s, you could transport anything from any place, and, you know, nobody cared. Okay, justified. I do like how she's like, how do you get the torches to be, like, stay lit? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I told you, it was all prepared. (laughs) It's just just creepier, because we all know that he's, like, a convicted pedophile or whatever. So that makes it worse. Jeffrey Jones? Yeah. Like in real life. Yeah. I didn't remember that. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I just ruined it. (laughs) I made it worse. I was like, don't go to Jeffrey Jones' house, high school student. Don't do it. (laughs) I think she's a college student, though. Oh, she? Yeah. Yeah. 
Which is why I thought it was unusual that he was berating his student in his class. Like, you're not paying attention. Like, it doesn't mm. matter. Like, he's paying to be there. Whether yeah. he passes or not, it's his money that he's throwing away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I, I mean, thought, oh, well, he's annoyed that this kid is taking up a spot in, in his class when he's really just there on a football scholarship. Well, it turns out they were in on in cahoots, but... His, yeah. I, but I don't know when they became in cahoots. Like, yeah. did it happen in between him trying to convince the girl... He probably only tried to convince her because because like I feel like he went to the professor afterwards and was like, "Hey, like I'll do anything to pass this class." He was like, "Hey, I know what you can do for me." Yeah, probably. (laughs) I think he went to him before, and then he went to get the girl in order to before the class or after the class. I think he did it after. Oh, before or after the class? I thought you meant before or after he first approached her. No, I th- yeah, before he approached her, but right yes. after that first that class that where he got embarrassed. Yes, I would I would agree with you. Yeah. The mu- <laughs> it was really funny when he was teaching the class. I'm like, that mummy story you're telling does not sound very historical. The mummy came back to life every year. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like he was trying to embellish it to like, uh, you know, get people's attention, yeah. get them to listen. It did seem to perk their interest. Yeah. I, my it, attention drifted. <laughs> drifted from day one. I from minute one on this one. Did you like this one le- less than the previous one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like I like the actors again. I mean, with they did what they could with what they had, but again, it was just really, really predictable. Like, okay, so we've got three choices here, and oh, okay, they're gonna go with that one. You know, up. Yeah, they're all pretty predictable, I guess. And the gro- and the and gross. You know, that's the other thing. It's like, okay, horror apparently in this series, judging by these two, means predictable writing and let's make it grotesque and now it's horror. I didn't think, I didn't actually think it was predictable. I didn't, when he like, when the student helped throw her in there, I was like, what? Oh yeah, that part and wasn't then, predictable. But... And then when the, uh, the uh, with the drink that he, that he made him drink. I didn't see that coming either, really, necessarily. The only thing some of the other I stuff I found predictable, though. Some of, like, the other stuff from the other episode. Yeah, the other episode was complete, like, yeah, you're just like, of course he's gonna be killed that way. In the yeah, end. yeah, it just, you knew that that was gonna be, like, kind of like a revenge. It was just gonna be like, he was gonna get karma for what he was doing. Unfortunately, the student throwing her in, I I knew that's what... But even even this, I knew that everybody would get you know, get what they deserved in the end. Because that's how that's these the show. Do. Yeah, that's yeah. the tone of the show is always nihilistic. It's always we're punishing people. Yeah. The only thing that surprised me, I actually started writing down stuff that surprised me, and I only had one thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's the when she said that she was Princess Nephra, I was like, oh, okay, that was a good idea. Cool. Um, that one. But other than that, unfortunately, I really didn't find anything surprising that part didn't surprise me but i really enjoyed when she was like i'm princess nephra and then the mummy was like about to touch her face and she was like trying to smile (laughs) like Uh trying to Uh enjoy the mummy's hand (laughs) Uh, apparently she fucked the mummy yeah Yeah, she totally did so uh, that's amazing (laughs) the other thing how the mummy like like withstood the fucking because there's just it's just a brittle (laughs) corpse (laughs) She would have like. <laughs> oh, oops, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> well, we can Let just hold hands. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we can stop now. 
I'm sure the mummy has like some like uh, skin emollients or whatever. <laughs> I bet if she was able to just to put that fire from one of those torches on 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 him, he'd the catch mummy? fire and go like right up. He'd yeah, probably very dry. But yeah, probably. Maybe Does she it, was actually. But it could. She could have been like believing in the curse or something, and you can't get rid of that mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she was genuinely curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think her her like her like hormones shot right up when she got that kiss from that football player. So Maybe. she was like, hmm. I just want to know where she found that costume. <laughs> Why does Jeffrey Jones have that costume? I want to know how how she was able to put it on so quickly. And the makeup. And the makeup. Yes, I wrote down how. Where'd she get the makeup from? Well, hmm. mummies get buried with a lot of shit. Hmm. <laughs> well, also, I probably had a supply. Thing. We don't know how long the two guys were up there schmoozing. Yeah, long enough. They went upstairs, they poured some <laughs> drinks, they talked a while, they poisoned, you know, one poisoned the other. Just some liquefied An- organs. Anthony yeah. Michael Hall bled out of his ass. Yeah. And, and then spewed mouth. blood. <laughs> you, you really don't listen during class, do you, Reggie? Yeah, well, this isn't school anymore, Finley. Not even during the lecture on the ancient art of embalming, as I recall. Even the dimmest bovine brain nitwit usually perks up during the embalming lecture. It's just so gross. What's your point? Do you recall what I said this instrument was used for? For removing the brain through the nose. I'm impressed. Are you done? Not yet. Do you remember, Reggie, how the ancient embalmers removed the other internal organs? Who cares? They would mix a potion. Call it a drink. Which they would pour down the corpse's throat. After a short time, the organs would dissolve into a thick sludge which would ooze from the body through the mouth and the ass. trying to psych me out no reggie i'm trying to kill you son of a bitch reggie's most embarrassing you look like the poster boy for the pens That was pretty gross. The grossest part, though, was the uh, the hook in the brain. That was really I gross. The lobotomy. Yeah, the lobotomy. Not watch that. I refuse. That was really gross. Uh, my favorite part, though, is that she then turned the her classmate and her professor into mummies, and then gave herself, I guess, an A plus and wrote very good. Yeah. <laughs> Who else yeah, gave that, her the grade? <laughs> that think... ending was so weird because it's like she didn't seem like she was under a spell when she was in the tomb, but she kind of did. When they said to her, you know, what, uh, you're under arrest. And she was like, huh, what? I don't understand. What did I do? (laughs) Yeah. She seemed like she was high or under a spell or something, but she hadn't seemed like that in the tomb. Mm -hmm. So that was like, what the hell? So maybe in the tomb, she, when she put on the costume, maybe that's when she became like, not possessed, but just assumed the personality of Princess Nephra and then removing it. She kind of lost that, the effect that it gave her. I don't know. I don't think it's important. <laughs> it just like if you're going to have this supposedly surprising, you know, whatever, 
at least make it so it's satisfying where somebody goes, oh, okay. You know, as opposed to what? Sorry, I didn't like it. You may have noticed. One of my last notes is, finally, our reward for suffering through this is Julius Carey. Yeah. Yay! He's delightful. I wish he was in it more. Yeah. I was hoping he would be. He was like the detective at the end who arrested oh. her, but we know him as Bowler from Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. I didn't recognize him because he was too quiet. Hmm. He needed to be yelling more. Yeah. <laughs> He's so tall. Um the uh yeah, for the story I assumed I assumed that she was gonna be like actually be like the reincarnation of that lady or something, because that's usually what happens in these stories. So I was not expecting when we found out that, no, she just tricked him and she had to fuck a mummy. <laughs> I was like, God. Well, just, at least it threw me. <laughs> in, in my head canon, she gave herself the A+. Plus, and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that probably is what happened. Unless the mummy gave it to her. Yeah. <laughs> and spoke English for some reason. Well, to quote the Crypt Keeper, I guess that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> the puns. Oh my God. Got the puns. I found a review of Tales from the Crypt from 1989. Crypt Tales Subtle as a Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I agree with that. There's nothing cryptic about tonight's premiere trilogy of Tales from the Crypt, HBO's anxiously anticipated anthology series. Perhaps befitting its garish comic book origins, the series looks to be about as subtle as a sledgehammer or a fire plus fireplace poker in the cranium or an arrow in the chest or any of the other dozen or so methods of dispatch on view in the three episodes tonight at 9.30. Squeamish viewers should know that the comics these tales are taken from aren't these safe and sane comics of today, but the R-rated EC comics of the 50s, produced before the U.S. Senate took up an investigation of their detrimental effects on juvenile mor- juvenile morals. These were queasy, bloody stories of karma for the kiddies that could have been subtitled when bad things happen to bad people. Forewarned is forearmed when a hateful spouse lands not one but two sharp objects in her husband's forehead in one episode tonight. We get to hear the resulting thud plus subsequent squishing sounds when she twists said objects around. Oh, and let's not forget the nudity in sailor-style language. Isn't Cable great? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much as horror fans might revere HBO for spending good dough and hiring top-ranked directors and crew members for the series, the initial results are mixed. Walter Hill's effort has the best dialogue and direction, though it's slightly hampered by a weak finish. Hill's opening The Man Who Was Death features the amusing voiceover of a Southerner who likes his work operating the electric chair so much that he keeps it up even after being laid off. Bill Sadler plays him as a low-key likable reactionary, a sort of laconic taxi driver, and the script by Hill and Robert Renault gives him some great lines. Only some superfluous nudity and the not-so-surprised twist ending mar the proceedings, which are enhanced by a terrific Ry Cooter score. Hmm. Hosting the series a la Hitchcock, or Serling, is EC Comics' own Crypt Keeper, an animatronic wiseacre carcass brought to life by Kevin Yeager. Be careful what you ask for, you just might get it, he cackles. The Keeper's <laughs> morbid morals of the story for the kiddies at home serve as a reminder that smart parents will keep tots well away from this crypt. Yep. So they made a kid's version. Comparing the Crypt Keeper to Hitchcock or Serling. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Twilight Zone caliber, this is not. No. Who wants to read these quick blurbs from other critics? Sure. sure. Did you just post those? Yeah, I did. I put them in the Skype. Those are all, all the ones? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll read a few of them. The scores are from Metacritic. That's where I pulled these from. Okay. 30 out of 100. Tom Shales, Washington Post. 
There is no specific credit for bad taste, but there's plenty for everyone to share. Just as Donner, Hill, Zemeckis, and others listed as executive producers will eventually share in the profits, blood money if you ask me. And this was written on June 10th, 1989. Why don't I read the next one and then Matt can read the one after that. Sure. 40 out of 100. Jim Sullivan, Boston Globe. The first Tales from the Crypt is a good idea gone, well, not bad really, but a bit bland, dull. For all the horror, there's not a lot of real tension. The rules of the genre are clear, and the characters are pretty much cardboard cutouts. Granted, that's the comic's traditional material, but the real comics also had more of an edge, more maniacal glee. June 10th, 1989. 50 out of 100 by Matt Roush. Roush? USA Today. Are they scary? Not generally. The stories exist only to make bad things happen to bad people. You can see the twist endings, in quotes, coming a mile away, but the fun is... In the ghoulish glee taken in the telling. <laughs> June 9th, 1989. 50 out of 100, Rick Kogan, Chicago Tribune. Certainly, these pioneering jaunts have a stylishness and sophistication lacking in most mainstream television shows. But at this point, for all their nifty good looks, they just aren't special or scary enough. June 9th, 1989. 90 out of 100? <laughs> David. <laughs> David Friedman, Newsday. Tales, Tales from the Crypt scared the living bejesus out of me. We are talking Major League Fright Time here, folks. Not June 9th, 1989. Wow. <laughs> this guy's like, hey, I love this show. I love shut it. up. All you guys, shut up. It, it, do, it does have, like, uh, its fans, though, doesn't it? Like, doesn't, it have, oh, doesn't it have a cult following? I would imagine so. I think the appeal is seeing actors that you're familiar with. Yeah. Just seven silly performances, you know. It's it's I, not like the Twilight Zone where episodes are significant, like have significance in the cultural landscape. These are like they're just goofy. They're kind of fun. I kind I kind of like I, it. Yeah. I, I think they were supposed to be goofy, and you know, and and people were supposed to be like going oh oh, you know, that kind of thing. I always loved the show. I never saw that many episodes though. I did see the first movie. You can have all my episodes. <laughs> so you're not going to be joining me in the Tales from the Crypt podcast, Carol? Nope. <laughs> podcast from the Crypt? Nope. Uh, Harold sent us some feedback. Wait. Who wants to read that? Uh, where does it start? I'll do it. Okay. As a, oh, as a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s and reading comics, the EC books were legendary and hard to find. Now they are available, but in expensive collections, so I suspect that their status hasn't changed much. I've, I've never read a Tales from the Crypt story, but I can guess that people like executive producer Robert Zemeckis did. From watching these two episodes, I get a sense that this series was done out of a love for the source material. This was definitely a big step up from the first two shows that we watched last time. <laughs> I think that my younger self would have loved this show. Watching it today, I could see most of the plot twists from a mile away like the executioner getting executed or that the student was being set up to be the mummy's bride. I'm not sure that I'm not sure if that is because the source material has been bowdlerized so many times already, or if it was already stale in 1989. I appreciate that this show was made with style and affection, but if this was a new series today, it probably wouldn't rate high on my watch list because these simple macabre more, Morality tales just don't interest me in the way that modern series do. 
with their long-form <laughs> character stories. We keep hearing that over and over again. Ah, back then, they didn't know how to make TV. They do <laughs> now. I still appreciate old TV. Mm. Uh, overall, I preferred Creep Course, but I did not like the ending. It didn't make any sense why she would turn in her professor and fellow students' mummified remains as a project. She just needs a pro- She's <laughs> obsessed with her studies. She went crazy. She, I don't just, know. Yeah. she just wants a good grade. Yeah. And who gave her the A plus? She did. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like they had to do it to punish her, which is ironic since the requirement of a punishment for wrongdoers was one of the tenets of the comics code, which came about because of because of comics like Tales from the Crypt and caused the book's cancellation. Thanks, Harold. Mm, I appreciate you watching these with us. I do yeah. too. It's yeah, it's great. nice. He's he's gonna suffer through these early ones just like we are. Ha. Yeah. What a trooper. All right, um, let's rate rate these um we won't rate them individually we'll just rate the show on its own carol why don't you go first give us a just a grade for tales from the crypt and answer the important question would you watch another episode Keep going. Carol? <laughs> what answer is that she she will not be watching another episode <laughs> she will not be doing another podcast <laughs> she's very offended <laughs> <laughs> maybe she's on okay. mute maybe Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, thank you for mentioning I'm on mute. Um, yeah, no, I'm not going to be watching another episode. Um, I, uh, I'm not offended. I just thought it was cheap and boring and, and annoying. Um, I'd say the series gets like three out of ten grotesque, electrocuting dead man dancing. Okay. Who wants to go next? I love this stuff. <laughs> I love these old shows. Uh, I love anthology series where every episode is different. Um, most, like I liked them back then, but I like them even more now just because it's a glimpse of the 80s or the early 90s or whatever, and I'm nostalgic for that time. Um, and they're just fun. I don't. I don't try to look for anything deeper, like like our current TV that we have. That's so well crafted but i just think of it as dumb fun and going by that i'm going to give the first episode eight out of ten bubbly jacuzzis and the second episode a 7.5 out of 10 pants full pant fulls of liquid organs that jacuzzi was it looked like it was boiling them alive (laughs) yeah i don't know so that's an eight and a what 7.5 and a seven point yeah the jacuzzi you, uh, it, I, I, like I thought, I was like, did he rig it up to like for it to like boil like that, or did it was, was it just heating the water? Like it just—that's that's what it looked like to me. They just looked like flailing lobsters. Yeah. Oh my God! Who are you? Look, uh, I have two hundred bucks in my wallet, it's in my pants, in the other room. I have some money in my purse. Please take it. Just don't hurt us. Keith, I ain't here for your money. I—I I don't get it. What do you want? I find you both guilty of the murder of your former wife, Mr. Corney. Were you a friend of hers? Who are you? And I sentence you to death. That sentence to be carried out immediately. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. No Ted's idea. 
I didn't know he'd really go through with Shut it. Up, I, I, you gotta believe me. Shut up, Cynthia. Go, go, wait, wait, what? wait, wait, go. Oh, the the guy um, who was fried in that thing, like the acting that he did, throwing himself back, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Just too much. Just too much. Yeah, I'm with Matt. I really enjoyed both of these. I I think I would enjoy watching more Tales from the Crypt. Uh, it's not a good show. It's not on par with The Twilight Zone or Outer <laughs> Limits or Black Mirror or any of the other kind of anthology series that people love. Uh, it's bad, but it's fun, and I enjoy a lot of these actors. So I would say that I liked Creep Course more than than uh, The Man Who Was Death, only because Creep Course felt a little looser. I didn't see the twists coming quite as much as the first one. The first one just felt like, hey, let's... It just was building toward its ironic ending, and there wasn't really much else to it. And uh, it was also very darkly lit. I liked Creep Course more, but uh, overall, I'm going to give Tales from the Crypt a 7 out of 10. 7, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than in front of lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> The only reason I docked the second <laughs> second episode of 0.5 is because I don't really like school stories. Okay. So you don't like I don't lawyer like, shows. I don't like you lawyer don't shows. like prison shows. I don't like prison shows. You don't like school, I don't like school stories. Shows, generally. <laughs> so you had a prison show and a school show. So, uh, yeah, like most TV shows are just cut out for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It reduces your TV watching. It does. That's good. Well. Oh, I, I should rate it, yeah. I liked it fine. I I don't. I mean, it was disgusting. I'll agree with Carol. Like the brain thing was pretty gross, and the e- electrocution was disgusting as well. But I still, I don't know. It was still entertaining. So yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Brittle mummy intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> would you watch uh, any more of this? Yes, I would. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, that was uh, Tales from the Crypt, everyone. Hooray. Bravo. It's over. Have you guys seen the, the cartoon version? I forgot if you said... If Is it pro- it. It's not, it's not produced by HBO. No. <laughs> well, next up on the list, Life Stories, Families in Crisis. <laughs> it's serious. These things are out there. Problems kids deal with every day. Alone. Their stories may be hard for us to hear, but for those who lived them, they were even harder to tell. Life Stories, Families in Crisis. This debuted August 1992. Fifteen episodes were aired in total, with the final episode airing February 1996, so they really staggered these. Wow. Some of the actors who appeared on this series, Grace Zabriskie, obviously... Sam Rockwell, Claire Danes, Will Wheaton, Julie Bowen, Amy Aquino, Sabrina Lloyd, Donna Murphy. This series could have been from, like, the 1950s or something. I mean, oh my god. (laughs) I mean, I remember watching some kind of after-school special, you know, back in the 70s that was better about anorexia than this one was. I mean, oh... God. So, did they show these in in like high schools? I'm sure they did. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I remember watching one or two of these. So, what was the reason they made this series? Now that I couldn't find out. Oh. I don't know <laughs> why they decided to do that. I know that you know 
HBO has produced some family programming. Maybe they just felt like this would be a good use maybe of their they, medium. I don't know. Maybe they needed to show that they were doing something for the community, even though they weren't on the air cloak, the airwaves per se. The FCC didn't have a thing, but maybe they were trying to show that they they were doing good things for the community and educating our youth. Ugh. I guess the the unique thing about these is that at the end, the real person shows up and says, I'm the real Mary Margaret. I'm right. the real Aaron Henry. And what you this- saw was true. I really went through that. I really put my vomit in jars in my closet. But <laughs> you'll notice, at least on the second one, and I didn't go back and look at the first one, but at least on the second one, I caught he, what he said was, and this is based on real events. And as soon as you start saying based on, it means that they could have taken any kind of liberties. Well, with steroid abuse, you know, in particular, there's a lot of different side effects. Not necessarily all of them. Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, do people go through a lot of... Yeah, they go through a but it was just so badly done. Okay, well, let's go back to the old spinner. Mel, I'm taking your name off the list because you uh, already participated. Yay! <laughs> And it's me. <laughs> Matt, you want to get your old stopwatch? Sure. I'll, I'll try doing it blind. I won't uh, I won't look look at a clock or anything. Okay. And you just give me the go, and I'll do my best. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. So Callista Flockhart uh, is a young teen. She has body image issues, wants to be thin. Her mother's always pressuring her to be thin. She hates her family, but they seem perfectly fine. But she has this idea that they must be perfect all the time. She ends up starving herself, but then learns, hey, she's got, she found out a secret. She can eat whatever she wants if then she throws it all up. But she, she worried that her family's going to wonder why she's spending so much time in the bathroom. She vomits in jars and puts the jars in her closet. Her mother finds the jars, freaks out, sends her to a psychiatrist. I'm not sure what happened after that. He's, I guess she like felt like she was better, so she went to, goes to university, meets a, a fellow bulimic, uh, becomes super emaciated, ends up dead, her best friend, uh, then she cries on the floor, and her mom comes in, and it's kind of sad. And then in the second one, Ben Affleck wants to be a good football player, but he, I don't know, who like who gives a shit? But he he does steroids. <laughs> he beats a guy at a gym, and he starts doing steroids. Uh, then he roids out, rages out uh, at his girlfriend, and ends up sobbing on the floor. Grace Zabriskie is, is his mom. It kind of just ends. All right, that's the end. Hey, you got a minute and fifteen seconds. Oh, you did better than me. Hey. It's tough. It's you're tough. both jumps, though. It is tough. No, you're only a jump if you go under. We're both losers. Oh, okay, okay. I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. It's all in good fun. Yes. We're not being graded here. The shows are being graded. Yeah. The shows are being judged harshly, not us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so The Secret Life of Mary Margaret, Portrait of a Bulimic. Awesome title, by the way. Yeah. I do feel bad, by the way, of, you know, not liking any of these shows. <laughs> You know what? I I enjoy these kinds of PSA things. <laughs> it just brings me right back. Because <laughs> like, they used to show us these things in school all the time. I don't know. I always, I always must, kind of... Must I always remember them like, fondly because it gets you out of schoolwork. <laughs> it's, like, it's like reading like a Dear Abby column. You yeah. just get to learn about, you know, 
the the Somebody's just human life. behavior. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. I don't, I, don't, I don't have PSA things. I mean, as I say, I, I still remember the first time I saw a thing about anorexia and was just like, people do that? Really? Mm. And well, it, it's, and it's shocking to, it's almost yeah. like you, you understand what it is now, but even so, it's still shocking to watch someone go through that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But for instance, in this particular <laughs> one, one of my, um, notes was that, you know, this is the opposite of what they always tell you to do in TV. They say, show, don't tell. And this was all tell, don't show. I mean, they did oh. show, but it was like, they showed the jars. <laughs> That was annoying. <laughs> the jars. <laughs> they showed her putting them in a trash bag and throwing it in a ravine. Yeah. I was, I was confused by that. At that point, I was like, I don't feel sorry for you anymore, you fucking litterer. <laughs> <laughs> throwing them in the river. Yeah. Like, they're just like, it's like, I hope, I don't know, that could be upstream just, from, like, the town. Yeah. Or else, she should have just buried the jars. Or yeah. Why did, she, <laughs> why did she just, like, pour the jars <laughs> in the toilet? And reuse and them? Then- Reuse right. Them. Oh, you don't want like, to reuse your vomit jars. Where did she get all? Where did she get all the jars? That's what I wanted to know. That's from the empty thing she was eating. Oh, right. it's like eating a bunch of pickles and then barfing them up in yeah. the pickle jar. It's like an old <laughs> Boris. You just reuse the jars that you've binged on. Mel oh. said. Mel said she should have put the jars in her neighbor's garbage. <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's what I was saying. You know, take take the garbage bag and put it in somebody else's garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine your neighbors are like, like, what the hell? Why is there? Why is Harry, there Harry, did you throw out the cable bill? Oh, I'll be right back. Oh my, what is it? <laughs> this isn't my trash. What? Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Looking up some bulimia stats, shoplifting is very common in those with bulimia nervosa due to the high cost of food and possibly impulse control issues. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I Basically. wondered what uh, our life story episodes would be called. I came up with two of them. Uh, mine is called No More Fucks to Give, the Matt Eisendorf story. <laughs> and then I think Matt's would be Seduced by the Virtual World, the Disapparation of Matthew Humphrey. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> now I'm curious to hear mine. Mm. You didn't come up with one for me, did I'm you? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you <sure. laughs> Hey, I knew he wouldn't come up with one for me. It was late at night, and it was... They're harder. They're harder than you think. Yeah. I, I would think so. Paralyzed by the 60-second plot summary, the Melanie Richard story. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't do it. But I know that you can. Yeah. <laughs> All of mine are too depressing to say. <laughs> Matt, Matt was like... Matt was like... He was like, isn't Callista Flockhart actually anorexic? I was like, I don't think so, Matt. I think she's just thin. Yeah, I think she's yeah. always been... Up. I think she they, she's always been thin, and therefore they thought she had body image issues. And possibly they remembered seeing this episode. Yeah, could be. Well, I mean, someone who is as thin as she is, it, it comes up, you know. Yeah, right. People right. would be probably, well, maybe worried or whatever, but... When she gets old, when she got older, she was thinner than this, you know. That that could be natural, you know, aging. I mean, certain people are just naturally very, very thin. Yeah, can, a, yeah. can a drill team have a weight requirement at that in those days? Yeah. Because you're talking about the football no, one now. No, no, I'm oh, talking about this one. She. Would... I forgot. It's no. the nine, not the seventies. I kept thinking this thing was in the seventies. Yeah, um, and the nine. Like I can understand like weight. 
like wrestling, having weight classes. You have to be in a certain mm-hmm. weight class to, you know, for competition. But all she's basically a cheerleader. Yeah, they used to have all kinds of things. They were able to do all kinds of things with girls. You know, they would have all sorts of weight requirements and things like that. But uh, I don't think they can do that anymore. But uh, way back when they did, I don't think in the 90s, I think by the 90s they'd gotten over it, but maybe not. I truly, truly, most of the time I was watching these, I kept thinking that they were made in the 70s. <laughs> it's the production values. Mm-hmm. And the script. And as I yeah, say, I mean, these things are never, like, they're never, like, uh, it's not some, like, work of art. It's to, it's to basically to teach a life lesson to kids or to, to try to show them what this can do to you. Yeah, subtlety would be lost on kids. Yeah, yeah. they want to make it as obvious as possible what are the consequences when you keep, when you don't seek help for these problems. Yeah. yeah but the problem is, just like with, you know, People love to point at, like, reefer madness and stuff. Um, the cautionary tales about marijuana from back in the 50s. You know, if you make it too over the top, either by directing or in the script, then kids just, they're like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And you make fun of it? And they don't believe it, you know? It can be un- unintentionally hilarious. Yeah. And, I mean... I I honestly I have no idea what bulimics who binge look like when they're eating, but I do know that people can cram a whole lot of food into their bodies really fast without getting it all over their faces. Um, you know they don't have to take handfuls and like smash it against their faces. Oh, uh, yeah, I noticed that she just took I mean, a handful would- of it and like put it in her face and basically let everything fall out of her mouth. Why would Cookie Monster? Why would Yeah, right. Why would you waste food like that? You want to binge on it. You're gonna make sure it all goes in. But the happiness didn't last. Soon I couldn't stop eating. And the more I ate, the more I had to make myself throw up. I was like an addict. I lived for the high I got when I was binging. The only thing that could comfort me was food. It made me numb. I'd eat and eat to fill up the emptiness inside. But you know, stuff you know, like that. I'm oh, sorry, you, what? Would you, would you, would, would you, like, I mean, I don't think, I'm not, like, making assum- I'm making assumptions here, but I don't think any of us have experienced being no. anorexic no. or big. No. So we wouldn't really know what, how we would, what we would do in that situation. Right. Right, yeah. and that's like, why I don't, I, I don't know how desperate I would be for that food, or how much like how much joy it brings you when you put it in your mouth. You know, yeah. like you just shove it in, and it's like oh, like you know, it feels so good to like eat this mm-hmm. like, with abandon because she would do it in private. Right. Yeah. I I mean I get that, and that's why I I preface my statement with I really have no idea, but it's like when a when a, <laughs> but I I would have the argument too that. Kids, no matter what, if you're sh- if you're showing any kind of mental disorder or illness or anything, they're gonna make fun of it, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Even yep. if it's portrayed realistically, they're like, "Look at that loser!" You know, they're gonna make fun of it. Yeah, yeah. But making it to the point, making it look ridiculous, I think, really undermines a serious message. But you know? wouldn't wouldn't it look a little silly to us? It looks silly Wait. to us, but maybe it doesn't look silly to like a teenager watching it. Maybe yeah. it makes maybe it's impactful. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm it's watching it going, hey, maybe if you have body image issues, you're self-conscious about the way you look, maybe you don't be a model. Like, you don't have to. You could just be a student. Like, you don't have to do that. Mm. But, but she then again, be- I'm not her. Like, I don't mm. – it's like logically it makes no sense. Just like the football one. Like, who – cares <laughs> who cares well okay she wants to feel beautiful she doesn't feel beautiful at all mm. so the modeling and stuff is reinforcing that you know giving her some kind of somebody telling her you're beautiful you're beautiful even though nothing is enough to make her believe it so you you know i mean it's understandable why she would do it and want people to keep telling her she's beautiful you know by modeling mm. Mm. the athletics thing you know, I I get it why people would could get into these weird realities because when people have when people make their identity based on one specific thing like beauty or like athleticism, ability to play football or whatever, that one thing becomes or can become really like the center of their universe. And when that crumbles, and that includes intellectualism or being funny or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, somebody hangs their identity on, if that crumbles or or anything, that can just be devastating. And people can grab anything to keep a hold of that that identity. I suppose. But, I mean, if you're a steroid abuser, you're not really an athlete, are you? You're not coming by anything honestly. So... Oh, I agree, but... but... So... Here, here's a good tip. Drink water before every meal so your stomach feels full. That is a good tip if you want mm-hmm. to be, if you want to have an eating disorder. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing about it wasn't the extra money or attention. It was learning I could control my weight. The other models gave me tips on how to do it. To drink water before every meal so your stomach would feel full and to be the last to finish so no one else would know how much you didn't eat. You could watch the show and be like, Huh, take notes. Huh, jars in the closet. I should I should have thought of that. Drink water. Yeah. Smoke cigarettes. These are all great ideas. Yeah. And I that's kind I of what you know. she was saying she did with the uh with some of the other people. Like when the girl said, Do you know what she does? She throws up. Oh. Of course. Aha. Uh-huh. What a good idea. So yeah, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't be surprised if there were kids in the audience saying Oh, you know, I haven't tried that. They didn't watch to the end, yeah. <laughs> well, they're not going to care at the end. If they're too far gone, they're, you know. Did you guys have to, you guys must have had to watch stuff like this in school too, didn't you? I remember very distinctly having to watch one thing like this in no, I remember two instances where I had to watch something like this. I think we watched something like I think it was like Tracy Gold or something. It's like the actress and she had like anorexia. And it was basically her story. I remember what about AIDS. I remember like don't treat people who have HIV different than you kind of thing. Hmm. Like it's a serious, like it's a serious illness. Protect yourself, but don't treat them like lepers. Like interesting. Also, don't, also don't treat lepers like lepers. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded yeah. like you were saying lovers, L O V E R S, as opposed to L E P P E R S. I was like, don't treat them as lovers. Well, what, huh? But yeah, I mean, we watched stuff way back in the Stone Age. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they had stuff, but obviously, um, anorexia was, it wasn't really being, t- 
talked about in school so much, if I remember correctly, but like there were afternoon specials that were just starting to kind of be known. And, uh, I remember seeing the Karen Carpenter story on television. Yeah. Um, Isn't that one like a weird one? It's kind of like artsy and stuff. Is that the most, like all, uh, it was done after she had died. Yeah. It was a, you know, it had some budget to it. It was not, you know, cause she was a major figure and, and, um, and the, the, the thing about Karen Carpenter, of course, was that she actually recovered and lived for a while without the eating disorder, but her heart had been so damaged by the stress that was put on it by the eating disorder that she died very young of a, of a heart attack heart gave out um so it's one of those things where it really says hey even you you need to stop doing this as soon as possible because um even if you don't starve yourself to death you could be doing irreparable damage to your organs Mm. she probably wasn't living without the eating disorder though she probably still had it she was just managing it right right yeah she was she was managing it she wasn't giving into it yeah i think for a number of for a couple years before she died, but her body was just so, you know, she'd done so much damage to her body. It really, well, yeah, you're not, you're not, like, it's awful, like, you just watch her and her friend in this particular one there, Mary Margaret or whatever, it's just like, it's hard, it's really hard to understand, as, you know, people that don't have that, how you could put your body through something like that, you know. Yeah, it's an addiction. Yeah, but it's just like it's it's crazy to be like, oh, I I feel I'm I'm so thin, I feel awesome, but they obviously don't look awesome, and Mm -hmm. they obviously you know, but yeah, it's just a high. Yeah, Yeah. I kind of want like updates on all these people. Yeah, I want to know what happened. Yes, I must admit, I did. I did think about going to see you know because it's now what twenty four years later. You said it was ninety two or ninety. Like, Something like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like almost 25 years later, whether the guy from steroids is still alive, because he might not be. He did not look like he was doing well. We should start a letter writing campaign to HBO. We want updates on all of our friends. Well, just, you know, Googling <laughs> might be enough. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it. I just felt it was, it was not done the best that neither one was done the best that they could do. I thought the music was insanely creepy. Like when she comes down the stairs to go on her date, like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. How could anyone want to touch my body when it was so ugly and disgusting? When Tim told me I looked great, I knew he'd bought my act like all the others. If he really knew what I was like, he'd be grossed out. So I dumped him before he could dump me. Um, the yeah, the best name. friend who calls her diet Scarf and Barf. Mm-hmm. How emaciated she looked. Like I put down my notes, she looks like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that a, exchange. Is that this exchange, a crossover? Yeah. That exchange between them reminded me of that old story about you know like um a, a heroin addict or something where if one of them keels over dead in front of the other that's like oh where do you get his stuff it must be good that that exchange between the two girls where it's like oh you look so thin like you're gonna die or something <laughs> what have you been doing can i do it too yeah it's, it's 
Very creepy. Hey, it's so good to see you. Oh my god. She was emaciated. I was horrified. You are so thin. But a small part of me couldn't help feeling jealous. I didn't eat a thing all month except popcorn. Air popped. And then I got rid of it right away. So what are you down to? 86. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever felt like I was really thin. Well, you are. And I'm not stopping. How much more do you want to lose? There's no such thing as thin enough, Mary Margaret. When she first puked, um, I was like, why are you doing it in the mirror? You're not going to reach the toilet <laughs> like she had to puke in the in the sink because she uh she was doing it in the mirror for some reason i think it looked like the mirror was above the toilet whose mirror is above a toilet i mean it kind of it kind of did like it kind of <laughs> seemed like that's how where the toilet would have to be underneath the mirror i assume she just puked in the sink oh in in the sink hmm. mm. why would you might do that? have well yeah. didn't she go off to one side when she i don't know she I, may I, have I, I thought she went off to one side when she finally she got was, up her Either way, she was risking risking making a mess, not just doing it directly over the toilet. Yeah, I think she was trying to get up her courage by looking at herself in the mirror and how right. and, how ugly she was. And here comes the finger. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I should do this. And My note I, is pretty smart to begin vomiting in jars versus spending extra time in the bathroom. Although, couldn't she have just said, I'm in here masturbating? <laughs> <laughs> just a minute, Mom. Not in that family. <laughs> not in that family. Yeah, she didn't seem to like her family very much, but well, they may not have been paying attention. Up- yeah, maybe. Or that just could be her spin on things. It's a very buttoned up family. I mean, I don't see any reason not to believe her that they don't like to talk about stuff, especially considering that um, after she started going to the psychiatrist, apparently they didn't talk about, about it anymore with her. For a while, I, I mean, was... I- no, go ahead. No, no, go on. I see. For a while, I was convinced that this was Laura Palmer's house. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I put uh, screenshots in the Skype. The top one is from Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me, and then the bottom house is from Life Stories. Yeah, you can see they're they're <laughs> not they're not the same house, obviously, but they have that same door frame with the yeah. triangle peak over it, and they have the red steps going up to the top. Mm-hmm. They're both nope. double decker it- houses. I well, thought no, the exact same thing. Three, 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 yeah. I was like, Laura's house? And I said, no, that's just a similar house in a similar shot. Similar style when like, when they had like the camera angle at the, outside that her house. Yeah. Like at the corner. It was very eh, creepy. Like someone could have been hiding in the bushes watching her leave. <laughs> yeah. It looks more like the Home Alone house. Oh, that's that's way different. There's no steps <laughs> in that one. No steps? No. Nope. Oh. Well, maybe some small ones. Mm. Uh, I will say that the very last scene when she's crying on the floor of her dorm room and she says to her mother, oh, please don't hate me. I thought that's really sad. Mm -hmm. That feels true. Yeah. Yeah. Her performance, there was nothing that she said that didn't, you know, that I could say, oh, well, that, you know, doesn't make sense or whatever. I mean, it, it, Mm. it, it all seemed very truthful it just was not the kind of delivery that seemed you know home alone house is bigger but it's still it's got that walkway and everything it's yeah. bigger and it's brick um 
Yeah, it it was just the delivery. I mean, her constant narration, for instance. I mean, I get it that she doesn't have anybody to talk to. Well, I believe that's the real Mary Margaret narrating, right? No, that was... Oh, no, was it Calista Flockhart? Okay. Yeah, that was her voice. And was there no narration in the Aaron Henry story? It was much less. Okay. Um, no, was there any at all? I don't remember. I guess because boys don't think deep thoughts, so... <laughs> <laughs> I did notice it right away that that, that they had done it differently because uh yeah it was almost the opposite well one of my last notes before we move on is that tova felcha played the doctor everything seems to be in order mary margaret i'll get these medical forms to the university this afternoon thanks you look pretty excited about graduation oh yeah i can't wait let me ask you are you still modeling yes ma'am i am uh-huh because you seem to have lost uh lost a little weight since your last checkup. And I know the kind of pressure that put you girls onto the state then. Are you, um... Are you on some kind of diet? No, not really. I'm just sort of watching what I eat. You know, some people get so crazy about losing weight that they, uh... They do terrible things to their bodies. They diet, they fast, they torture themselves just for appearance sake. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, Mary Margaret. But I want to be sure that you take care of yourself. I am Dr. Palmer. And I know her from a lot of stuff. But I, people would best know her from The Walking Dead. But I, I know her from a lot of different things. And currently she's Rebecca's mother on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She played the oh. doctor who was like, is there anything you want to tell me, Mary Margaret? I'm like, nope, I'm fine. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, next one is A Body to Die For, the Aaron Henry story. Originally aired March 23rd, 1994. Uh, Young Ben Affleck. It was was interesting that you chose two episodes that were like body issues for men and body issues for women or whatever. I picked them because the actors were the most well-known. And, well, I picked Mary Margaret because it was the first one. And we have to, by Hooplecast Law, we must do the first (laughs) episode. Then for the second one, I thought, let's do the Ben Affleck one because he's like, the most well-known mm-hmm. but it is a body image episode how do you yep. think it compares um i liked it slightly more which part? The, set, the set the football one but really? barely like i don't know well it didn't have that narration yeah it, but i mean it was fairly early on that i thought that he was going to turn into the hulk i mean there was a point there where he was sitting there and it was like okay is he going to turn green yeah, I mean the weightlifting thing where he was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. It was I just, really, I couldn't yeah. understand half of what they were saying when they were in football mode. Yeah, or workout well, mode. Mouth, it was just mouth guards in mouth guards, but it was just like, rrr, 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 rrr. I was like, oh. I don't, I don't think it really mattered to be honest. Yeah, football, 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 football. I, I fucking football. hate sports. <laughs> I hate sports <laughs> culture. I hate this macho posturing so this? aggression. Like no other hobby is based on aggression. <laughs> like, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know why I like this one slightly better. I didn't like either of them really, but um, I, if we're gonna watch a steroids thing, I much would have rather watched the dinosaurs episode where the the son gets the steroids and he grows <laughs> spikes in his back. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and they like, and he gets like pushed into a locker, and his spikes go through the locker, and then he gets, then he's stuck, and he's all raging. Oh, wow! <laughs> Man, dinosaurs are so deep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there was one point when his friend, who was, it's interesting that his, that this guy 
you know, goes from, I don't know what you, like, did he really have so much instinct that this guy was actually a steroids dealer? He didn't look that big compared to some of the others in the gym. No, he didn't. And it's like, all of a sudden he's going from, oh yeah, okay, I've got, you know, a little something, to, yeah, I can give you this and that and you gotta pay for this and so forth and so on. It's like, why did he... He just picked this guy out, and the guy turns out to be, like, this big roid dealer? I don't know. Steroids. Yeah, you gotta keep it down. Sorry. Is this, uh... That's how you got to look like that, huh? Well, D-Ball didn't hurt. I thought this stuff was supposed to, like, seriously mess you up. Nah, I don't know. I don't have any complaints. I mean, Dwight, maybe I live to be 70 instead of 75. Okay, because, you know, boom, maybe I get hit by a car tomorrow, and I'm out of here, right? Well, I figure it. I'd rather look great now. This is this is the stuff. That's the way to go. This works. Yeah, yeah, that works. That'll do it for you. I mean, Aaron, if you had time issues, this is like overnight delivery in a bottle. Look, if you want it, um, I give it to you for thirty bucks. Uh, I don't know, Bryce. Hey, I'm not I'm not pushing this on you. Okay, you ask for my help. I understand. I understand. I mean, uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Give me a call tonight. Tell me you feel. Appreciate it. That actor, by the way, his name is Brian Genesee. His first acting credit, according to IMDb, a little show called The Littlest Hobo. Yay! <laughs> I don't remember him. <laughs> you don't remember him from the episode Torque about a go-kart mechanic? <laughs> no. God, no, we haven't seen that episode yet. A go-kart mechanic for a racing team wants to drive and is willing to sabotage his team's vehicles to do it. This leads to a talented girl trying out for the team, causing even more tension. Where does Hobo come in? I don't know. Does he drive one of the cars? I hope so. Is he, he also has been a mechanic? Shot. He has been dropped from, from an airplane before, so I mean, anything can happen on the littlest Hobo. Yeah. <laughs> anything can happen on the littlest Hobo. It's true. Yeah, um, I don't know. Also, also according to the IMDb, the gym manager is played by Michael Kelly. If you remember him from House of Cards, Matt, do you watch House of Cards? Yep. Remember that guy, Mike, Michael Kelly, the assistant to Frank Underwood, right? Who his character is? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, he was so. No. Um, is he this? Is he this guy? In the no, no, because that guy when we saw him, I was like. This guy is insane. He's so intense looking. Why do you think? Oh my god, that is him. Are you sure? Is it him? It be him. No. It doesn't really. The gym manager, right? That's the character, and it kind of look. It kind of looks like his face, but a different mouth, different body. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a different. I guess. I guess it's his jawline. If you take away some, we just look up pictures of him when he was young. Yes. Oh my god. I guess that's him. Okay. I mean, it's twenty years later. Um, yeah, when that guy popped on the screen, both Matt and I were like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> his hair and his like really intense eyes were just terrifying. <laughs> I always thought he looked like um, but uh, the, who's the guy who played Casey Jones? In- yeah, he does have that look. Of course, Ernie Hudson we will be seeing soon on Oz. He played the coach. Aaron Henry's rival is Michael Cudlitz from Southland and The Walking Dead, which is a show about zombies that I'm told people watch. I watched the first couple seasons. He plays Abraham. It's a good deal. Don't like horror. Michael Cudlitz. <laughs> Sorry, that guy. Yeah. Was... <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, 
Ben Affleck's mom is Grace Zabriskie from Twin Peaks. Yep, and this was like the year of or the year after Firewalk with Me, so she looked basically the same. Mm-hmm. Is she going to be in the reboot? She was a different mom, yeah. though. Yeah. Like a different type of mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you steal money out of my wallet to buy steroids? No. How <laughs> could you even accuse me of that? Aaron? Yeah. I'm coming. Aaron? All right, Mom. One second. What is it, Mom? I'm late. You haven't been into my grocery money, have you? What do you say? My wallet's consistently light. A whole lot of 20s when I come from the bank. So what? So I'm the thief? Is that what you're saying? If that's what you're saying, just go ahead and say it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just asking. Well, I'm replying, okay? No. How's that? Aaron, are you in some kind of a bind? Hey, talk to me. If you need money... If I need money, I'll go to a bank, okay? Well, my word's still good. What is going on with you? I liked when she said, Leland, what is going on in this house? Oh, wait, that's Twin Peaks. <laughs> that didn't happen here. Oh, the sound effects when he's beating up that guy were hilarious. Those are like the, the worst stock sound effects for that fight scene. Oh, good. This is good. I'm feeling pumped up. Hey, Walton. I hardly recognize you standing up, man. Look, don't let uh, what happened today go to your head, all right, Henry? Oh, okay, I'm on. Everybody knows what you're up to. What's that? What, stuff eat away your brains, too? What stuff? Steroids, man. What's the talk here? What, you think I need steroids to kick your fucking ass? You know, I know you need steroids to kick my ass. Let's go, come on. Who's the man Who's the man now? Oh, and that guy was uh, Abraham from Walking Dead. That's what I just said. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I was looking up pictures of young Michael Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to figure out if that was actually him. Um, what I felt bad, I felt bad for when, like, he gave her a kitten. And I was like, do, oh, not, yeah. give, do not give pets as a gift. That's a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. But then she's bringing it back to him. What I know, but that's because she's breaking up with him. And I was like, I knew this would happen because, you know, the kitten would only serve to remind her of her ex-boyfriend. And why would she want that? And that's why you don't give pets as gifts. And not so many other reasons. Yeah. I mean, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, and, uh, it's just, don't, yeah ridiculous. don't bring a kitten back to a guy that you're breaking up with because he's violent. Yeah. And I was like, I was like. What happened to the kitten when he was like breaking the mirror and like just like breaking shit? I was like, that kitten. <laughs> what was the deal with him pounding his shoulder, his shoulder into the ground and stuff? His uh, shoulder was failing him, and he was punishing it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just aggression. There's just it's because yeah, why. he had that shoulder injury earlier. Yeah, he was and then he was just of... like like fuck you, shoulder for like you know screwing up my game. Yeah, he was just, well, no, he was just full of roid rage and well, aggression, and he didn't know how to get it out, and he was just hitting things. And... It's just, yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe he would give her any kind of gift. I mean, he tried to rape her. Like, Yeah. Here, you mean, here's, I believe here's she... a kitten, here's a box of chocolates, here's flowers. Well, uh, you mean no, you can't you? believe she gave him? Yeah. Kind of what yeah. guy to do. 
Here, they, I, bu- I got you a kitten. You tried to rape me. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, abusive guys do a thing, from what I can understand. You know, it's like you abuse and then you apologize and, oh, never happen again. And then you do it again. Yeah. So I guess the Michael Cudlitz character was like his antagonist and was part of the reason why he wanted to go on steroids and become bigger and better at football because he was it was like his rival. Like, who cares? You're going to be graduating from high school in a couple of years and they're not going to let you on any university team if you're abusing drugs or they shouldn't. So what, yeah, what's the point of all think, this? <laughs> kids don't think that way. Yeah. They, you know. That guy obviously wasn't. He was thinking about the here and now. I gotta get better now. Yeah. I gotta get big. I gotta get bigger. <laughs> Alright, calm down. And they're so sure <laughs> that whatever is happening with them right then is what's gonna be forever. Yeah. And you can talk to them, and most of the time it's like, nope, you just don't understand. And it's like, really? It's, you're still developing. Nope. I'm all grown up. I know exactly who I am and where I'm going and nothing's ever changed. There's like, not enough hindsight. <laughs> like, no, you really are going to change a lot in the next few years. Nope. You're wrong. <laughs> and at the end of the episode, we have the real Aaron Henry telling us that he suffered two heart attacks, kidney damage, ulcers, and a bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like maybe this was a part of like his uh, prison sentence or whatever, or like he was doing community service by speaking in this video. That's what it felt like. <laughs> Hi, I'm the real Aaron Henry. The story you saw was based on events that occurred in my life. I'm a perfectionist, and it was a part of my character to want to be the best. I would have gone to any lengths to get steroids. I lied. I stole. I even sold drugs to get them. I was a time bomb waiting to go off. I could have hurt anyone at any moment. I even thought about killing myself due to the depression that steroids put me into. I have had to live with the physical damage I experienced from steroid use, including two heart attacks, kidney damage, and ulcers. Even though it was many years ago, I have lost a part of my life that I'll never regain. If you're thinking of doing steroids, don't. If you're on them, get off. For your sake and the sake of those around you. I used to think the price of glory was worth any penalty that I had to pay. I was wrong. And I will go on paying for the rest of my life. Don't make the same mistake I did. God bless you all, and thank you. Mm. He, um, that was the one where I caught that they said based on this is based on my so guessing that they uh you know they telescoped it and you know what was the guy's name aaron what aaron henry two first names um well yeah steroids can affect the body in all kinds of ways yes you know it It could be i'll just read some little fun facts here uh reduced sperm production shrinking of the testicles called testicle testicular atrophy male pattern baldness breast development in a study of male bodybuilders more than half had testicular atrophy hmm. or breast <laughs> development. don't worry baby don't worry baby i think testicular atrophy is still sexy <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> 
cardiovascular diseases, including heart attacks, strokes, even in athletes younger than 30, increased risks of blood clots, damaging the heart muscle, acne, cysts, oily hair, skin. There actually has been no confirmation that it increases aggression. Really? Yeah. Scientists have attempted to, s- to test the association between anabolic steroids and aggression by administering high steroid do- doses or placebo for days or weeks to human volunteers, oh boy, and then asking the people to report on their behavioral symptoms. To date, four such studies have been conducted. In three, high steroid doses did produce greater feelings of irritability and aggression than the placebo, though the effects appear to be highly variable across individuals. In one study, the drugs did not have an effect. In summary, the extent to which steroid abuse contributes to violence and behavioral disorders is unknown. But he had everything. Mm. The roid rage isn't a thing. There's Carol going on her motorcycle again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She's out of here. Would they were mine and not just the neighbors? Um... Okay, well, if there's no more thoughts on Aaron Henry, uh, I will read a little review from the Los Angeles Times, written by Lynn Hefley, published October 13th, 1992. It may be difficult to tune into Life Stories, Families in Crisis, HBO's grim fact-based drama series about issues such as abortion, eating disorders, and teen suicide. Once you do, the riveting performances and frank, unsensationalized scripts will make it difficult to tune out. So will the moving postscript appearances by real people involved in each story. One warning, the shows are too disturbing for pre-adolescents. On November 7th, Life Stories will present The Secret Life of Mary Margaret, Portrait of a Bulimic, a terrifying look at one teenager's battle with an obsessive eating disorder. Callista Flockhart gives a stunning performance as the lovely young woman whose self-hatred locks her into an endless cycle of binge, eating, and purging. HBO deserves high praise for a series that not only makes compelling watching, but also offers families some valuable survival tips. Well... I can possibly see showing this episode to a class of students and then turning it off and being like, okay, here's what they got right and here's what they got wrong. Let's have a discussion. First of all, that guy's hair. (laughs) First of all, what's with the hairstyle? (laughs) Who wants to read this little review? I'll read it. Life Stories, Families in Crisis, A Body to Die For, The Hair and Aaron. I I almost said Henry. (laughs) Aaron Henry story. Tony Scott, April 6th, 1994. Scripter Willie Holtzman's warning about athletes using steroids gets down to business with the dramatization of the true account of high school football player Aaron Henry, who, trying to better himself for autumn scrimmage, starts shooting up. The story is simple and direct. Major problem is that it's too compact. Henry, Ben Affleck, of School Ties in NBC's Against the Grain, almost there on the football field, wants to better himself physically. Noting weightlifter Bryce, Brian Genesee, he asks for help. Bryce puts Henry on the road with an anabolic steroid, synthetic derivative of testosterone. Henry's strength increases, but his temper shortens, his self-control fails. Eventually, after taking a swing at girlfriend Jeannie, Camilla Dawson, he begins to see the light. The truncated storyline doesn't give much chance for more than a digest drama. There's no room for interaction, little space for Henry's mom, Grace Zabriskie or for Henry's school buddies. Affleck's good, and David Burton Morris's direction covers the territory, but A Body to Die For could use at least a full hour to spin its grim tale. <laughs> Otherwise, HBO's Worthy Life Story series continues in its dependable way, 
As is customary, the subject, in this case, the real Aaron Henry, comes on TV to punctuate the drama he's already lived through. It's a sharp way to make a statement. I'm not certain we would want these to be longer. <laughs> Except no. you know, part of the issues with like, you know, body image issues is that these things like sneak up on you. They don't just spiral in thirty minutes. And I think that's probably why a lot of teenagers get caught unawares. It's like they they're sobbing on the floor before they know it. Like it, it just catches them off guard. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Yep. Okay. Do you agree or disagree with my thesis? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like nothing nothing happens overnight usually, unless it's a pregnancy. <laughs> Matt, you want to read Harold's feedback? Okay. As for the life stories, I had a hard time getting through them. Okay, to be honest, I gave up on the Calista Flockhart one about seven minutes in once she started heaving. (laughs) I'm not even sure what the point was with the Ben Affleck one. It seemed to be saying that steroids can be okay so long as you do them in moderation. What? (laughs) I didn't get I didn't get that in essence at all. Well, I mean, maybe if you go by his dealer, I guess. His dealer looked like he had it together still. (laughs) But um, it seemed to be saying, okay. The reality is that bulimia and steroid use are serious problems, but probably within a few years of these episodes by the mid-90s, shows like this had become such punching bags for parody that they could no longer be made, at least not in the same fashion. Now instead we get links on Facebook that say she thought she could lose weight this way, but watch what happened. (laughs) Uh, Random thoughts. I was kind of hoping that when the camera panned the field during Ben's football game, we'd see Callista doing a cheer. (laughs) When the ca- when the when they showed the cheerleaders, I was like, I wonder if they're on steroids too. <laughs> yeah, go! I love, how, I love how Harold wants world building in life stories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not only would it place them in the same universe, they're in the same universe, Earth, <laughs> but it <laughs> would also send a message that every character on this show, no matter how minor, has a hidden fear or issue that he or she is dealing with or trying to hide. Uh, and would it be asking too much that Ben's mom, after her confrontation with him about the money, would light up a cigarette and cry about what was happening to her family until a white horse appeared in the living room? That wouldn't be too much to ask. No, I agree that should have happened. <laughs> thank you for the feedback, Harold. Thank you. Thank you, Harold. And thank you, Matt, for reading it. No problem. So some of the other Life Stories episodes, A Deadly Secret, the Robert Beerer story. A teenager reminisces about a friend who committed suicide. Public Law 106, The Becky Bell Story, A Pregnant High School Student Undergoes an Illegal Abortion with Tragic Results. Gunplay, The Last Day in the Life of Brian Darling, A 10-Year-Old Boy Accidentally Kills Himself When He Plays with a Gun. Blood Brothers, The Joey DiPaolo Story, Based on a True Story, 13-Year-Old Joey DiPaolo Has to Deal with the Public Discovering He Has AIDS. I want to say that was the one I must have seen. Mm. That sounds right. No Visible Bruises. The Katie Costner story, a young woman is the victim of a date rape. Dead drunk, the Kevin Tunnel story, a teen kills an 18-year-old girl while driving drunk. As part of his punishment, her parents request that he send them $1 a week for the next 18 years. Okay. More than friends, the coming out of Heidi Leitner. Brotherly love, the Trevor Farrell story, an 11-year-old boy becomes an activist for the homeless in his community. A child betrayed, the Kelvin Meyer story, a young boy has been sexually abused by a priest, I've never told anybody about what happened. Confronting Brandon, the intervention of an addict. A group of teens staged an intervention for a friend who was abusing alcohol and drugs. Power, the Eddie Matos story. A teen drops out of school, joins a gang, and begins dealing drugs. Eventually, a gunshot wound confines him to a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. A dangerous <laughs> affair. 
Kim Frey narrates her own story dealing how a brief romantic relationship in college resulted in a diagnosis of HIV. And oh. Les, and lastly, someone had to be Benny. A terminally ill teenage boy sues for the right to stop his medical treatment. Hmm. Hmm. Heavy stuff, guys. Heavy stuff. That is heavy stuff. How is our life, my life, going to be ruined this time? Pump it up a little more. Get the party going on the dance floor. See, cause that's where the party's at. And you find out if you do that. Okay. Yeah. Turn me into a brick wall. All right. Let's uh, rank them or or let's rate them and tell me if you would ever watch an additional one of these. Uh, Carol, go first. No, I would not watch another one. Um, ranking. Um, uh, all right. I'm going to go with kind of the same as before. Um, three out of ten um, very sincere messages. Okay. Of life and death. Matter Mel. Here you go. Mm. <laughs> okay. Seven out of nope. ten river vomit jars. <laughs> oh. I I liked it enough to watch it again. I would watch it again if I was still in high school, but besides that, no. <laughs> really? I thought it was fine. Nah, it was a little bit. Really? I don't know. There. It's the same as Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, but they're not fun. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt no, is fun. No, they're not fun. No, they're it's not fun, but... fun in, fun in a, in a, like I'm watching it ironically kind of yeah. way. Like, it's yeah. so over the top. It's so insane. The music, it's just interesting. the performances. It's just, yeah, it's the just interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're autobiographical in a way, and that's that's interesting to be able to hear about someone else's experiences. I give the first one six out of ten jars of shame. And the second one, six out of ten injections of shame. So six out of ten. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I enjoy these only because it's fun to watch actors that you know have done better stuff and see them when they're much younger with worse material. Uh, but overall, I would say I would probably not watch another one of these. So I'll give it a six out of ten Crypt Keeper BFFs. Aww. Who's the Crypt Keeper's BFF? Calista Flockhart's BFF was the Crypt Keeper. Oh. <laughs> you can never be too thin, Mary Margaret. Oh. <laughs> Why are you cackling? Because the Crypt Keeper... Oh, I see. <laughs> I, thought you were asking... I thought you were asking Mel. No, She's no. doing a bit. Like, pay attention. I wasn't doing anything. That was Matt. That was my cackling. Oh, I see. I got... Obviously, he did a good impression of me. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Is that what you think I was of me? To do the crib keeper. You think like, I sound like a cackling witch? I was witch? trying to do the crib keeper, but I did Mel by accident. No, I mean Matt A. He thinks I sound like a cackling witch. <laughs> I'm gonna back out of this conversation. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully in January we can resume our HBO project talking about David Lynch's Hotel Room and the spinoff of Tales oh, from the Crypt: <laughs> Perversions of Science. I'm not watching that again. I'm looking forward to that one. We have to watch that? Really? Yes. All right. What are we watching next? <laughs> oh, we're watching Perversions of Science. But I'm not oh. watching Hotel Room again. All right. Oh, you watched Hotel Room? Yeah, it was terrible. Oh. Did you all watch right. all of it or just like one of them? There's like three. We watched... Oh, I'm not watching all three. <laughs> Fine, we'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching three of them? I, so no, awesome. I say I believe that the video that I have is like three installments because it was an anthology series, also. Okay. And it only lasted three episodes. Oh. And I have all three. 
You're completed. So we can watch all of them or just the first one? It doesn't matter. I believe the premiere was the one written by, or rather, the premiere was directed by David Lynch. So I don't know if he directed all of them or just the first one. I know Alicia Witt is in one of them. Oh, yeah. He uses her in a few things. She was in Twin Peaks and she was in Dune. So, yeah, it's an anthology series about a hotel room and all the different uh, people that inhabit that room and for whatever reason. Pretty limited, I would say, that premise. Yeah. Well, maybe a bunch of interesting people will go through a hotel over over the course of time. but Yeah, but that's not the hotel. It's the room. It's like <laughs> very dis- distinctly it's just the, one the room? room. The one room. Oh, wow. And that's your whole show? That one room? That's <laughs> really cheap <laughs> for production-wise. Yeah. Yeah, no wonder it didn't go beyond uh, three episodes. And then, yeah, Perversions of Science. It's a sci-fi version of Tales from the Crypt. I'm sure it'll be terrible. We'll talk about uh, what episodes we'll watch. I The first one has Keith Carradine, obviously. And oh. then if you want to watch a second one, um, I believe there was a hilarious-sounding one starring William Shatner. <laughs> Let me find the description. It's called Boxed In. Sex farce about a horny, faithful space ace who, after several years, finally arrives home for a tryst with his fiance. Unfortunately, her admiral dad forces them to wait until marriage, so the pilot decides to use a sex bot. Big mistake. <laughs> what? William Shatner stars and directs. Oh, wow. I think we should watch that one. <laughs> sure. I think we should. Um, He is really good at comedy. I don't know about directing, but... He's really good at, if it's supposed to be a comedy, I'd be willing to watch it. If it's supposed to be a drama, it's going to be really sad. So we should watch it and find out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the, then the first one is called Dream of Doom. Arthur Bristol is a college professor who is stuck in a series of dreams that he can't wake up from. Or is he? <laughs> <laughs> and that one's directed by Walter Hill of Deadwood, starring Keith Carradine of Deadwood, and co-starring Peter Jason of Deadwood. It's Con Stapleton for you. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay. So, yeah. So that's got some Deadwood stuff in it. So, yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to want to watch those, too. Uh, hopefully sometime, like, January, maybe. Mid or end of yeah. January. Uh, yeah, as always, good. find us on hooplecast.com. Go on iTunes. Search for Hooplecast. Leave a five-star review. Find us on Twitter, at Hooplecast. Join the Facebook group. That's when you'll find out when we're recording next. And you can sign up to be a guest. Always send feedback to hooplecast at gmail.com. Does anyone want to plug anything before we go? Uh, you can listen to our video games podcast, Matt is Wrong About Games, and uh, we just recorded an episode. It should be out within a week or so. And um, Twin Peaks podcast is still out there, and the Defenders podcast. I'm still doing Spartacast with Will. McKinley cast is out there somewhere. I hope you guys come back and finish that show. I am working on it. Every now and then, you know, I'm like, okay, come on. When are we going to record? The last time I asked, Everybody just ignored me, but, oh. um, but, uh, you know, if worse comes to worse, I'm like ready to say, okay, guys, let's, you know, who, who can record on thus and such and just do it. Yeah. Just do it with who's, whoever's available. <laughs> how, yeah. how many hosts are there? There were, uh, there, um. Can't remember. Five. It's been that long. <laughs> <laughs> five. Five. Yeah. That's a lot of hosts. It was, mm-hmm. I know. It was Rich, Emily, Patron. Asia and me. And Rich and Emily both knew the show, and the three of us didn't, so. And now you've forgotten it, so you no longer know it either. <laughs> yeah. I, I might have to re, go back through. I mean, Katrin was in high school when we started, and mm-hmm. she graduated, and, uh, 
Well, maybe the threat of recording with just who's available will spur people to be available. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, because quite a few of us have done plenty of other podcasts. Not like we don't, you know, do podcasts, just getting everybody together for some reason. Mm -hmm. So, Well, I appreciate that you guys showed up today to talk about these rather less than stellar episodes of television. <laughs> I enjoyed I, having this. I feel bad. I mean, I really feel bad when I'm not able to say something, you know, nice about, about it. I mean, so the acting was good. I think they did the best they could with what they had to work with. Television back then, guys, was very good. It was only the 90s. <laughs> I know. I but mean, that's... I know I know that that's 25 years ago, but honestly, it, it was the 90s. I mean, this is the same time Buffy the Vampire Slayer was coming on. Mm. No, well, it's not. It The movie was being done then. Because 96, 97 was when uh, Buffy came on. But yeah, TV had been around for like 40 years or so at this point, and they hadn't perfected it yet. It had been around longer than that, but yeah, definitely heyday, you know, since the 50s heyday, yeah, 40 years. Um, They'd done a lot of good TV by then, but uh, this well, wasn't it's part, part of, of this project is experiencing the evolution of television on this particular network, because yeah. now it is known as being mm-hmm. like the place to go for high, high quality stuff. Yeah. Now, I think that's a little less so now because we have Netflix doing just great work. And then, of what? course, FX and AMC. But we're starting with, you know, Philip Marlowe, Maximum Security, Tales from the Crypt, Life Stories, Hotel Room, Perversions of Science. And then we're going to get into some really, really good shows, like all-time best of shows. When you had suggested my, I could have asked my son if he wanted to guest, um, you know, I know <clears throat> he uh, he enjoyed Rome and some of the others. So maybe I will ask him if he wants to come on. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you. See you next time. Fuck you. Oh, (laughs) he got us. Yeah, you're not going to get away (laughs) without hearing that. (laughs) I I feel like we should say something extremely sensitive or gross. Fuck you. Go see a psychiatrist. Oh, hello, creeps. You're just in time. My little Cryptmas party is about to begin. I just love this time of year. There's nothing quite like it. Yuletide carols, sleigh bells, Jack Frost roasting on an open fire. Where was I? Oh, yes, Cryptmas. How about we kick off the celebration with one of my favorite ghoul-tide ditties? Deck the halls with parts of Charlie, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Make the yuletide gross and gnarly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Stocking stuffed with ears and fingers, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Chopped from all those caroling singers, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Drape the heart with chunks of Barney, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Bits of Bruce and hunks of Arnie, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Hang 
in the crypt with spleens and kidneys. Fa la 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 la. Use Ramones and then use Sydney's. Fa la 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 la. The tree and bring the ladder. Fa la 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 la. Top it off with gills, go bladder. Fa la 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 la. Grinning skulls in festive poses. Fa la 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 la. Strings of toes and nipped off noses. Fa la 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 la. Who needs mistletoe and holly? Fa la 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 la. When we can just dismember Wally. Fa la 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 la. Have the whole place decorated. Fa la 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 la. With the parts we've amputated. Fa la 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 la. Motidal bomb, motidal bomb. You didn't bomb my dad and mom, and sister Kate and brother Tom. You did as well, indeed, and bomb. When you embalmed my family, it so confused and puzzled me. Motidal bomb, I must confide. I wish you'd waited till they died. Four of them you didn't bomb. You screwed up big time, title bomb. I try remaining cool and calm, but it's not working, title bomb. Oh, how I miss my brother Tom, my sister Kate, and dad and mom. Another thing I can't believe you did it all on Christmas Eve. Title bomb. I wish you tried to simply wait until they died. You may be proud of all your work, but I still think you're just a jerk. You did a fine job, title bomb, in bombing sis. Brother Tom, both mom and dad looked so unique, like they could sit right up and speak. Embalming folks is what you do, but one thing I should say to you: it's good advice and must be said. Do not embalm folks till the dead. All four of them you did embalm. You're such a schmo, We wish you'd bury the missus. We wish you'd bury the missus. We wish you'd bury the missus. She's been dead since last year. She's getting quite gamey with mold on her skin. You killed her last Christmas. That's how long it has been. It's time you bury the missus. It's time you bury the missus. We wish you bury the missus. She's been dead a whole year. We wish you'd come to your senses. We wish you'd come to your senses. We wish you'd come to your senses. Get your life into gear. For 
much he did And forgive the poor soul Just bury the hatchet and dig her a hole We don't want to be Patinskis We don't want to be Patinskis We don't want to be Patinskis But we must interfere It's true when you killed her You sure had just cause She was stuck in the chimney With old Santa Claus We wish you'd bury the missus We wish you'd bury the missus We wish you'd bury the missus It's been a long year Hurting property values, she's hurting property values, she's hurting property values, they've gone way down this year. The last thing on Christmas that folks want to see are remains of your wife on your lawn Christmas tree. We wish you'd bury the missus, we beg you, bury the missus, for God's sakes, bury the missus! We can smell her down here. Sweet! A Christmas card for creepy old me? Slice up two big toes, add a tongue and then sauté. Dice around red nose, roast a rump filet. One juicy pumping heart whets my appetite. When I get hungry, I run out and slay someone tonight. Finger food, finger food, Munch a thumb today. Oh, what a treat it is to eat the neighbors on Christmas Day. Season's greetings, Hannibal the Cannibal. Oh, you old gourmet, you. Merry Christmas, you lunatics. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Kabelski. Here's your Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Merry Let Christmas, McRae. McRae? You alright? McRae? McRae! Let me go! <laughs> Die! Die! I hope so, too. Now go to sleep. Gather near to us once more. We all will be together. If the fates allow. Is that Santa Claus? Hello? Is somebody there? Santa? Is that you? Hello? Hey! No, I'm not! <laughs> oh my god! Mommy! Daddy's home for Christmas! And have yourself a merry little Christmas now! 
Are you still here, creeps? The crypt is closed. <laughs>